um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. to Chicago coming from the true Chicago, Chicago sports fan cave this is a TCSF <laughs> podcast with E-Rock and Big Z yeah <laughs> episode 75 oh wow it's brought to you wow. by 606 media true Chicago sports fans ACSI and grit clothing company don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. It makes a great stocking stuffer. Go get it now. <laughs> As always, I am Big Z and I'm here with my boy, E-Rock. What up, e? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And it is the season of giving, so go ahead and give them five stars because you know we deserve it. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and uh, click on support and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month. Like I said, it's the holidays. Help your boys make a little bit of extra coin. Every little bit helps. And like Z said, make sure you go get your shirts for Christmas. Hey, look, if you like the show, tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends and talk about sports and movies and all the good shit. So get Get on it. Z, what's up, brother? How are you doing? How was your week? Oh, man, I'm a little exhausted today. Uh, yesterday, I was able to celebrate with my goddaughter, her quinceanera, a beautiful Ooh. celebration of life, of uh, coming of own. You know, now she's a technically a woman when it comes to Mexican tradition. <laughs> uh, it oh, was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I was able to hold her when she came from the hospital. I gave her mm. her nickname of Juju. Uh, okay. I've been there uh, as much as I can for her and just to see her um, all dressed up looking like a beautiful Barbie doll and be able to celebrate with uh, all friends and family was a beautiful occasion um, so just you know it, it, I was able to dance and be able to partake in a little bit of drinking um, oh yeah you know tequila shocking. of course you know <laughs> hey shocking <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah do a little bit of dancing some good food uh, good friends and family and uh, you know didn't get home too late but a um, little exhausted a little exhausted uh, let's see what else is going on let's see uh, bowling hey man the hip is holding up man I don't know if okay. it, I don't know if it's the gorilla glue or the screws or whatever they did to me, <laughs> <laughs> but bowling has been a lot better. I've been a, a consistent uh, 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 bowler for the last three weeks now, um, so I'm I'm really excited about that because I'm getting to the average I used to be before I had the surgery. So for me, that's 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 just a beautiful thing for me because it makes it brings me back to normalcy. Um, 
and then you know counting down the days for for christmas because uh christmas vacation because you know us teachers we're, we're we're irritated right now with them kids uh these kids are just running rampant and uh they they got they got they lost their mind already man we got i think about eight days left and i don't know if i can make all eight days <laughs> You'll make it, bro. If you made it this far, plus you get a whole summer break. So I don't want to hear all this whining and complaining about all this. Mess. I What's deserve going on? it, sir. I deserve it. On a side note, okay, okay. The rest of us don't, but I'm okay. no, you don't deal with these kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got, that's because you ain't got no kids. I got my own damn kids. Yeah, we got two. I have four hundred and something. Jesus. Uh, yeah, okay, but you don't. You ain't got to feed or clothe or you know discipline any of them kids. Not really. Uh, discipline, not, not, like, yeah. not like yeah. Discipline, yes. Yeah, but you also get the tax credit, so I don't get that. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> they, they don't stop eating. Let me tell you. So yeah, man. Like over here, we've been getting some of the uh, home improvement projects done. I finally, bro, I've been looking for years, um, and and I actually took a lot of shit about this uh, a few weeks ago. We were talking when I picked up that box of VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and my wife was like, "You have no way to play those." Well, guess what? I finally, finally found a really nice VCR. So I was uh, hooking up the and and, and I also found. Uh, the Star Wars trilogy on VHS for two bucks a piece. So I hooked that up. I hooked it up to the old TV. Um, I, I hooked up the uh, the Nintendo and Super Nintendo to play some games with my daughter. You know, we're just getting re- into the the spirit of the holiday. We'll be hanging out at home a lot. You know, so you know how it is. So when you come over next time, uh, you know, I guess we're gonna be playing some uh, Mortal Kombat or something on there, man. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. What? Hell yeah. What? What? Uh, what? Eighty nine year old passed away that you got a VCR, man. So it's actually a, a pretty nice, uh, it's a JVC with a bunch of like toggle options and shit like that. I've been looking around for a while um, because I kept finding like these ones that are broken down. I, I would plug them in and, and I'm the crazy guy at the back of the uh, Salvation Army who's like ripping out part, apart cords and like hooking shit up to like random TVs to try to get things to work and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I found a really nice one and, uh, and, and I always test it. I always grab like... I grab some random like exercise tape and put it in there. Be like, hey, if the, if the VCR eats this thing, I won't feel bad. But if you eat up uh, a new hope, I'm gonna be mad. So yeah, man, I, I hooked it up. It worked. It rewinds. It, it it keeps the time and everything, man. I'm I'm right on the technological advance of 1982 now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, now you can record your Bears <laughs> games on VHS. Hey, I still have my eighth grade graduation on VHS. I actually have a lot of the 2003 Cubs uh, World Series or their their run in the playoffs when they did all the stuff on on Fox 32 and all that stuff. So I have all that on tape. And uh, look, it, it... for me, for me, this is like a great Christmas gift to myself because the Christmas season is here and, you know, we could all use a little bit of extra money. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring, ACSI is a proud partner of both Comcast and RC. Let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales technicians and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. You forgot no? the last the last line? It's fine. <laughs> Go get you a job, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man hey this, this is what happens when we we decide to take a little bit of break no break I ourselves mean, and uh yeah but i got uh, that, yeah, I, got that inter- I have the internal cue of like yeah you know acsi is an equal opportunity employer so that's my they cue are, to start talking I- and see, I, and I added that too, which is the best part. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this week, uh, Justin Fields returns uh, from that broken ribs. I guess he's going to do some pain management and uh, he's going to get his second start against the Packers. The Bulls have a COVID outbreak and uh, I don't know who they're going to bring back, Bill Wennington or what, but uh, ain't nobody on the bench anymore. No, Bill uh, Wennington got COVID got too. To force, what's, yeah, no, uh, you know, Stacey King got COVID. Yes, but Bill Wennington Stacey is, King got COVID bad. Yeah, and, and Bill Wennington is quarantined as well. So is he really? He's, yeah. he's been on. He's been on the TV with the Adam Amin, but Stacey King is actually like I saw him uh, tweeting about how bad it was, and, it, and, and he was lucky that he was uh, vaccinated because it could have took him Jesus, a lot worse. Jesus. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, Kabul's have a COVID outbreak, and of course we have our stirring the pot. And what you looking at? And also part two of our interview with MLB insider Mike Rodriguez, aka Mike Deportes. But first, this is the Big Three with Big. Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Story number one, and we're going to start off with a little bit of a sad story here. Former Devon Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, 33, was found dead in his home, police say. The former Devon Broncos, um, was, who was quiet, demeanor, uh, bleed, Lied a burning desire to achieve his well, he routinely, routinely, well, I can't fucking speak today. He routinely called everyday greatness has died at 33, according to police. Roseville, Georgia, police said that Thursday night that Thomas was found dead in his home. Preliminary reports, according to the police, indicated Thomas's death may have resulted from a medical issue. Latonia Bonsignor, a first cousin who grew up with Thomas so close. They consider themselves siblings, uh, told the Associated Press that the family believes he died from a seizure. He had been suffering from seizures for over a year. And we believe that he had a seizure, he had a seizure when he was showering, uh, Bonsignor said early Friday. We're not sure when he died. We just spoke to him yesterday. So former teammates also noted Thursday night that Thomas might have had them. He had seizures in, in recent months. The Broncos issued a statement mourning the loss of an incredible player and a special person. Yeah, so the the Bronx, Broncos were out there with the uh, with his number on their helmets today. I think no, his number or, or his uh, his initials on the helmet today. Um, Demarius Thomas was loved all throughout the league. We saw he was actually mostly on the Broncos. He won the Super Bowl with them uh, with Peyton Manning, and he uh, uh, he went to the Pro Bowls uh, like I want to say four or five times. And he made stops with uh, I believe the Patriots as well and a couple other teams. Um, a lot of these players reached out and said something. Tom Brady talked about what a great person he was, and and you know like this this is a guy that had a lot of uh, had to overcome a lot in his life to to make it to the NFL. And uh, it's sad to hear he just he just um, he just retired in like August. Right. So it wasn't even that long ago. He just he you know that. There wasn't a spot for him anymore, and, and he just wasn't uh, he wasn't in football shape anymore, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, really great player. Um, I mean, hell, I know him from from drafting him in fantasy over and over again because he always did he always did good by me. So it's a sad story, and uh, this is one of those guys that uh, will have a long lasting impact on a lot of guys. That's very true. I saw the uh, picture of Jimmy Butler on his couch with all of all of his jerseys on there. So yeah, it, there's a lot of players who have been uh, posting their their condolences and and their stories with uh, Demarius Thomas. So rest in peace, brother. 
All right, story number two. And this is the idiot of the week. Former <laughs> NFL wide receiver Joshua Bellamy sentenced to a three year for COVID relief fraud. This mother cupboard. <laughs> yeah. This is the wide receiver who allegedly got over $1 million in panic, uh, pandemic relief money meant to help struggling businesses was sentenced uh, a little bit more to three years and uh, for prison on Friday. Joshua Bellamy, who spent most of his football career with the Chicago Bears, but most recently paid for, played for the New York Jets, was among 11 people charged in more than a $17 million fraud scheme last year. Bellamy, who's 32, got a $1.2 million loan from from uh, pay Paycheck Protection Program for his company, for, uh, some of which would he spent on himself, including je uh, jewelry and some money at the casino. He also referred other people to the scheme court document state. Bellamy played, uh, pled guilty in June to one count conspiracy to commit wire fraud. He was sentenced on Friday to 37 months in, in prison and would have to repay the $1.2 million uh, to the Justice Department, which is they, th they said in a statement. Uh, Bellamy's attorneys did not, repeat, uh, not immediately respond to a request for a comment uh, last Friday. And Bellamy is free on bond. And he should be going into jail on February 15th. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. He's going to get it. Yeah, so I mean, like, he was with the Bears for five seasons, and he only played one season with the Jets in 19. Um, he had a couple catches for them, and he was cut right before the, the uh, charges were announced. Um, he was with um, he was with the Bears when they literally had absolutely no receivers, and that's the only reason Bears fans remember him at all. And, uh, I mean, look, we, we knew there was a lot of people that tried to take advantage of the the funds that were there for COVID relief and it's a shitty thing to do. You're going to tell me you didn't make enough money and don't get me wrong. It wasn't like he was some rich guy, like made a ton of money in NFL, but he made a lot more money than most of us do. And, um, it's, it's, it, it, I hate when you hear stories like this, cause it's like, so it's just somebody else trying to take advantage of the system. Yeah, exactly. It, there, there are companies and there are people that really, really benefited from these programs. And, um, there's always people that want to take advantage whether it's this program right. or, or the rental assistance program or the uh, moratorium on being evicted and all that stuff, people will always find a way to take advantage of something that, you know, is really for the better good of the people who really need it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, like I said, I, I hate this shit. And this is right here where it gives people an excuse to talk about uh, how people want to take advantage of the system or, and that's why they shouldn't have the pro these programs in place. But, you know, a, a Stupid is as stupid does, and uh, sometimes shitty people do shitty things. So, uh, you know, hey, sucks for you, man. Next time, uh, don't do that shit, yeah? Yeah. All right. Story number three. Let's end on a high note. Women's hockey teams are going to be playable in the new NHL video game for the first time ever. NHL 22 will undergo a global and gender expansion starting Thursday with the addition of the International Ice Hockey Federation World Junior Championships to the game ahead of the World Championship tournaments for both men and women. The IIHF is the governing body of the ice hockey all over the globe, uh, holding multiple annual tournaments featuring national teams from around the world. It also oversees the sports presence at the Olympics. With EA having secured the IIHF licensing, the organization's logos and uniforms will appear in NHL 22. This is awesome, brother. What do you think? 
I, look, I, I, you know I'm all about uh, the the girls' sports, the 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 leagues for the for the women. And shout out to uh, my buddy Tom Geiger, who is a uh, women's coach and the, uh, women's hockey coach, to be clear. This is cool. I mean, we're finally starting to see the, some of the inclusion that we talked about before. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to involve some of the pro uh, women's leagues as well. Talking more about the Chicago Sky, the defending champs. Uh, we 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 posted on the on the page their upcoming schedule. They're going to have to pack it in really tight because the uh, they're going to have to keep compete with the Olympics. So they're going to have to get their schedule in. Or, or I think the FIBA World Cup. I think that's what it is. So they got to get their schedule in. But it's really cool to finally see more women's sports uh, being represented being you know like i said as a girl dad and a, and a father of a, a young female athlete representation is important and when you see this thing you know we 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 know that the pay scale is not the same just because of the interest at this point but it is definitely 100 a great thing to see this yeah and it's it's, it's awesome because it, it it coincides with uh coin Schoenfield, who was hired as a blackhawks first female development coach she's also she's a two-time olympic medalist and works with uh youth hockey uh youth youth hockey and, uh, and as a growth specialist so we're starting to see that these women who it shouldn't matter if you're a man or a woman it should be who is the best candidate who has the best skills who can take these players to the next level if you're going to be a coach it shouldn't matter. Now, I understand that just like the MB, the WNBA, it, it, it's in its infancy where you have the NBA who's been played for 100 years. Baseball's been played almost 200 years. These sports, these male sports are, um, they're old, right? They, they have their right. fans, their established fans and so forth, the established traditions. Women's sports, it, it's going to get there. It's just you can't go from zero to 100 right away. Yes. Do they right. need a lot of support from the male counterpart? I believe so. I think the male counterparts have are, should be obligated to help out the the, the other sports. It's only going to bring more exposure to yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, we I think we've seen, especially with like WNBA, for example. You know, I want to say Joe Dumars was the coach of the uh, um, the Detroit franchise. So you know, we we are seeing, and uh, Bill Lambeer I think was involved at some point. Maybe that was my, I think that's who it was actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're starting to see more inclusion of uh, of the female sports, like I said. And uh, you are you are correct. I agree. Uh, don't don't uh, quote me on that, but uh, yeah, I'll give you credit on this one. They do need the inclusion, and and it is important for the their male counterparts to uh, to have some type of uh, inclusion is that as well. You are absolutely correct on that. Thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I don't even know whose voice it is. Anyway, look, I got a bonus <laughs> story for you. Oh, what you got? Check this out. The winner of the 2021 Heisman Memorial Trophy. It's Bryce Young. All right. Yeah, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young was awarded the Heisman Trophy, giving Bama football back-to-back -back winners after last year's award went to Devontae Smith, currently of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, Young is only a sophomore. He already holds the record for most passing yards in a single game by an Alabama quarterback. Here's a quick little clip from his acceptance speech. Um, you know, for, for me, I've always been someone who's been, you know, labeled as not the prototype. Um, being, you know, being an African-American quarterback and, you know, being, you know, quote unquote, undersized and not being that, that prototype, I've, I've always been ruled out and counted out and 
people a lot of times have told me that, um, you know, I wasn't going to be able to make it. And for me, it's always been about, you know, not really proving them wrong, but uh, proving to myself what I can accomplish. So, look, personally, I love this kind of thing. Um, sophomore winning the Heisman is, is huge as well. I want to say maybe T uh, Tim Tebow might have done it. I think uh, Baker Mayfield might have done it as well. But, um, you know, even it's funny to me that even in this day and age, having an African-American quarterback is not seen as the norm. And we've seen some of the best quarterbacks of all time be African-American quarterbacks. The, the, there was a controversy or there was a lot of uh, smoke about the Bears not wanting to get an African-American quarterback as well. Henry Burris that they had, um, Vince Evans back in the 70s, one of the first black quarterbacks in the league. And uh, it's it's great to see a young man, sophomore, he's only going to get better and better and better. And I'm, I look forward to seeing what he does in the pros eventually. Yeah, I mean, this is awesome. You know, a sophomore, that that's 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 really saying something. That shows that his skill level is uh, elite. And uh, he will probably be coming out this year just because he's going to go out on a high note and, and get drafted pretty high. Yeah. He can. He's a sophomore. You got to be at least a junior. You got to be at least a junior? Yep, that's how college football works. Welcome to sports, sir. Welcome to college sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, basketball, you can come out after one year, but football, you have to, yeah, because you got to think, like, the difference between a, a college sophomore and a, you know, a 35-year-old running on your neck in football is a lot different than basketball. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. You, it's, it's a huge difference. Yeah, you, <laughs> men and boys, men and boys. Right, right. But like a basketball and you're young and you can, you can handle it, but football, you're going to get your ass beat, son. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. True Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TrueFan15. TrueFan15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. All right, Z, tell me what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. 
All right, the Blackhawks are currently 10, 15, and 2. And the Blackhawks have struggled consistently to win games since King has taken over. Colleton is partially responsible, well, actually mostly responsible, for the hole that they left the Blackhawks in prior to the firing. Uh, the team's record when uh, Colleton was fired was 1, 9, and 2. So I don't think King is doing that bad. Um, Taves and Kane aren't getting any younger, brother. I mean, the building, uh, they're you know trying to build a franchise around them again. I mean, that's going to be very difficult because they have the hockey has the hardest uh, salary cap to to build. Um, and then trying to get, have them compete for the playoffs again, it, you got to do it. These guys are still in their prime. Um, many of the previously acquired veterans on the Hawks deserve to play for contending Stanley Cup uh, playoff teams. So I would say. You got to flip this team, man. You got to really flip this team. And one player that you should be looking at the flip is going to be uh, Mark andre Fleury. Yeah, the McFlurry guy. Really? Yeah. I, you got to flip him. I mean, he just he just secured his 500th win uh, of his career last Thursday night against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, we just acquired him from the Vegas Golden Knights in a salary dump because we just gave a, a minor leaguer. I mean... Really, I think that right now, while the iron is hot because he's really playing well on the uh, in the net, is that you flip this for a first or even a second round draft pick, and if you can add another player to to the uh, to the to the trade, you might get even more. I think you should be able to flip uh, some of these players out that are not going to be part of your core, that you know just just there from salary. So, and he doesn't want to really play here, and you know maybe you send him back to Pittsburgh where he started his career and he can end his career because I think he's going to retire at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually retired or going to retire and he was talking to coming over and playing for the uh, for the Hawks. But the thing is, is that you, you're talking about a, you're not getting a first round pick. You're not getting a second round pick for him. He's been playing in the league since like 1996. Okay. So, I mean, like he's not going to, he's not going to get that, that really high pick that you're looking for. Um, and you do need someone to mind the net. You have Lincoln and you have a couple other pieces. They just trade off Subban. So, I mean, they need someone to mind the net. And I, I think that what they, what they saw out of Lincoln and, and obviously Subban, they figured that that wasn't going to be strong enough to be able to, uh, uh, to have someone with sustained success. So they decided, hey, you know, we got Flurry here, let's do the thing. And, you know, I, I think we look at the players that were previously on the team, the, the big core, uh, Soupy Campbell, um, Duncan Keith, uh, Sharpie, like a lot of these guys are already gone, you know, even yeah. the Breadman, even though he wasn't there for the uh, uh, the Cups, but Breadman, they just played against him. So a lot of these people, Jarmelson, a lot of the, the players that they had, they already kind of shipped off and the two that they mainly kept were Taves and Kane. So, you know, I, I don't know what direction this team is going. You have those two guys who are, are basically um, living off of the fat of those Stanley Cup championships as far as like bringing people into the stadium. And, uh, you know, just like any other team, at some point you do have to rebuild. But it looks like, hey, well, right now their boy Walter White is doing good for him and they're playing hard <laughs> for him. So, you know, uh, Colleton, I, that was, you know, I, I was still honestly, I was surprised that they got rid of Coach Q. Um, but there could have been a lot of different things going on there because with the sexual harassment scandal um, and, and apparently he knew about it. There was a lot of lot of stuff going on because he actually resigned from his position, I want to say, with the Florida Panthers uh, once this all kind of came out into the light and, and that he knew about it. So 
you know, there is a lot of weird shit going on in the Blackhawks fan franchise that they got to fix right now. And uh, I don't know, honestly, like, yeah, you want your fans to come to the stadium to watch the games, but I don't know how focused they are on the hockey side of things unless they're just trying to make that a distraction from the other shit that was going on. I think they are. I think the new administration that they have there is focused on on turning the uh, optics around and not, not only doing that, but also trying to put a winning team on the ice. Um, and I disagree with you. I think I think you can get a first round pick from one of these contenders, no. like the Edmonton no, Oilers. No, no, really no, need no. a goaltender. You're not. You're not getting a number one draft pick for for a fucking forty year old goalie. If it it's puts a team, happen. if it puts a team over the top, just like the Cubs got the no. best closer no. and yeah. gave away hey, great let prospects. To you. Let me explain something to you. You know what puts you over the top? Uh, like a, uh, an offensive player. If you are one player hockey. away from now, now listen, not listen. in hockey. If you're no, listen. If you're one player away and that player's a fucking goalie, you're done. You are not one player away. You're several players away. If the last piece that you need as a contender is a fucking goalie, a 40-something-year-old goalie, get the fuck out of here. You are not getting a first-round pick for this old-ass guy. I'm sorry. He's great. He's probably one of the greatest goalies of all time. You're not getting a first-round pick for him. He's up there. He's a top three goalie. There's only three goalies in NHL history with 500 wins. What does that Patrick mean? Patrick Wong. That's like telling me right now I could get Jordan because, you know, he was great. That's bullshit. Jordan could help a team. He's old as fuck. You're not getting a high pick for him like that. It's different in hockey, not. man. You need you need that what, pick. Uh, I think what, the Rangers what, the Rangers got off. What did what did the what did the the what did the Hawks give away to get him? Did they give a first round pick to get him? No, but they ate the salary. They right. ate the entire right. salary. That's why. Who was gonna pay the salary? Another team's gonna have to pay him. They gotta but, pay the remainder of the salary. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and the we Oilers, got more than half the season to go. Right. That's what I'm saying. The Oilers would do it because they need to be put over the top. The Rangers would do it for nope. second rounder. Nope. 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 No, second rounder is not the first. That's not the same. I mean, the only the, the only team that would be able to do that to give one, a first round pick would be the Oilers. The Rangers second, maybe the Bruins. I mean, and then Pittsburgh. Those are my three. Those are the three or four teams that I that I think they'd be a perfect fit because they have cap space and they're good teams where they can give away. A high draft pick and it won't hurt them the, the the oilers are on a five game losing streak right now okay ain't nobody no stop nobody's checking nobody is is going to give up such a high draft pick for an old guy like that it's not gonna happen man it's happened before man it's happened before well, uh, all right hockey expert tell me when the last time it happened shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> let's do that oh, hockey patrick wall oh, that's right patrick let's do that hockey. oh man yeah that says roy i can read my it's wah okay all right z what is up <laughs> with the other side of the building with the chicago bulls ready to do this yes i am all right two three four basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna go get all right, E, the Chicago Bulls team-wide COVID-19 outbreak continued to spread further this past Sunday when Zach Levine and Troy Brown Jr. entered the NBA's health and safety protocols, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. 
Close. <laughs> Other additions brings the Bulls total to nine players in the league's COVID-19 protocols since the start of the month. Levine and Brown joined DeMar DeRozan, Kobe White, Javante Green, Matt Thomas, Derek, Derek Jones Jr., A.O., uh, Stanley Johnson, and as, as players uh they're a sideline right now. These broad, uh, Bulls broadcasters Stacey King and Bill Wennington are also home in isolation due to the league's protocols. Players who went to the health and safety protocols must quarantine for 10 days or, or until they return with two negative PCR tests within a 24-hour window. The Bulls are off, were off this past Sunday and do not play again until they host the Detroit Pistons on Tuesday night. But the team has not heard anything to indicate that the, the game was in jeopardy of being postponed. The NBA mandates a minimum of eight players for each team before postponing a game during team outbreaks. And Chicago currently has nine players available on its roster, including two two-way players and Alfonso McKinney, who signed a 10-day contract this past Friday. McKinney was, uh, was signed after the Bulls, uh, were granted an extra roster spot due to the league's hardship ex- exception, and the Bulls are eligible to continue adding players by that provision. However, the team's outbreak has been so widespread that even one of the players they signed as a hardship exception, Johnson, has already landed on the health and safety protocols. Both White and Green will have completed their mandatory 10-day isolation after a co- uh, positive COVID test this week, so they can be eligible to rejoin the team for Tuesday's game. White is returning to the team's facility on Sunday for the first time since testing positive for COVID-19 on December 1st. So, yeah, this is like a um, a syphilis outbreak at a college fraternity house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Vucci Main was the first one to go out with the vid a while ago, and he had the 10-day uh, um break and then we just kind of saw this this start to fall we saw uh, the rosen out for a while now the ladies one zach levine the, out of the big name so i mean it's it's kind of crazy to see everyone kind of fall we saw uh pat will is still out with the injury uh caruso finally came back and they actually had a hard time the other day uh playing against a uh, uh the Cavs, who actually did really good against them so um yeah i mean look they they do have a couple of uh, uh important games coming up you got the raptors on the 16th and then also again on the 22nd and also the lakers on the 19th so uh it'll be interesting to see what they do um there's also a lot of rumors about uh, the pacers kind of breaking up their team so we'll see what kind of movement happens on that end um they're talking about bringing possibly i think one of the names that uh, we, we've heard floating around was sabonis um and uh, he's a really good player over in the Pacers, and they're looking like they're getting ready to reload. So um, I, I would definitely make that move if it's available. But, I mean, at this point, I don't think they have any players that can pass the COVID protocol to be able to trade them in the first place. Not even, man. They can't even stamp their passports right now, man. They can't go anywhere. This is really bad. <laughs> and there's there's got to be something that, that a commonality that that's uh, between all these players and how they're getting affected. Are they going to the same location? Are they... How is this even spreading so fast and so quickly through one organization is beyond me. And the fact that they've even played another NBA game when they played against Miami, uh, a sports show was was asked uh, pregame because he was he was told 10 minutes prior to the game about the, the outbreak uh, that they had a couple more players on there. So he was, you know, in shock when he was in front of the media. Like, uh, he's like, I can't answer this because. I'm waiting to hear from the NBA and how we're supposed to handle it. So I'm not going to give an ignorant answer and we're just going to move on. 
as simple as that. I mean, there's nothing you can do. If your boss says you got to play, you got to play. But um, it's a difficult situation where you have a rampant uh, spread of, of, uh, of COVID. Yeah, I mean, and we're seeing it hit uh, NFL teams a little bit too. Um, Keenan Allen for the Chargers is out right now, and he's uh, out for my fantasy team, so that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think realistically, the, the main thing is just to make sure that everyone is healthy. I know Stacy King was taking uh, a Twitter and talking about how how sick he was feeling, and he's lucky that he had the uh, um, that he got his vaccine. So, you know, yeah. But I mean, like, the 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 commonality is that they're all playing in the same. You know area and then the same clubhouse or, or locker room or whatever the hell you want to call it so i mean you know this this none of this surprised me once once you see one player get it a lot of players getting it but i mean like they are really taking a hit and i hope that we don't see what happened with some of the mlb players when they got sick where they had to cover from it and then they needed to get their uh strength back up and things like that so because we did see that with the white Sox, we saw that with a few players throughout the league and um i'm hoping just because they got off to such a hot start and they've been able to beat brooklyn a couple times and the knicks a couple times and the lakers and they've been through this whole thing so i really hope that they're able to be healthy because when they did play the Cavs, they you know hey uh, uh Lori Markin looked good against them, you know. Yeah. Um, and when they played against the Heat, even though they didn't have Bam and they didn't have Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, the Heat took it to them because they didn't have DeRozan, they didn't have some of these other team, uh, these other players that they really rely on. So it's really important overall, first and foremost, that they're healthy, and then secondly, that they're healthy enough to play because seeing them gel so quickly. Uh, it, it was really impressive, and we still have to see what's going to happen with Kobe White in the long run. Uh, we've seen Io take a lot of his minutes, just because I think at this point Io's bigger—he's bigger, better, stronger, faster than him. He's been very impressive coming into the league. Um, he was announced when he had to start the other day. He was announced and introduced as from Chicago, so I'm all about that. But uh, yeah, like I said, first and foremost, these guys got to be healthy, and and then number two is is in basketball shape, and that's that's really important. Agreed. All right. All right, boy. What is going on with the Chicago White Sox? Oh boy, the White Sox. Uh, you know, we had some news. We have a new Hall of Famer, Mr. White Sox. The Cuban Comet is finally a Hall of Famer. Way overdue. Manny Minoso appeared in nine uh, one thousand three hundred and seventy-three games with the White Sox and one hundred thirty-five of, of of his home runs and. 808 and eight of his RBIs coming while playing for the Southsiders. He finished top 10 in MVP voting five different occasions and was a three-time gold glove winner. He also made 13 all-star game appearances. His Hall of Fame case has been long championed by both on and off the field uh, colleagues and his off the field contributions for standing as one of the pioneers that paved the way for Latino players to make the impact on a big league level. A statue of Minnie Minoso now stands at Guarantee Rate Park. Uh, yeah, Rate right, Field, sorry. I call it the G-Spot, so I don't really like to look at the uh, <laughs> the actual full name there. Um, and his number nine was re- retired by the team. He passed away in 2015 at the age of 89. Minnie Minoso looking for his first hit, a runner at first base, two out. That is the line single to left. Holy cow, listen to the crowd. <laughs> All right, so what you heard right there was his final hit called by the legendary Harry Carey. 
That's right. Most people don't know that. Harry Carey was the announcer on the south side before moving on and making it really, really big on the north side. Um, I, I, think, I think Chicago baseball fans know that Harry was on both sides of the team. But look, um, Minnie Minoso, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first black player for the White Sox. Um, granted, he was, you know, um, not African-American, but, you know, we, I feel like... We're seeing a lot of times where it takes way too long for these guys to get their dues. Um, where just recently we saw, even with Negro Leagues, the MLB Hall of Fame uh, actually like incorporating the Negro League records and Hall of Fame into their own. And I just feel like, you know, it, it, it's it almost feels like too little, too late. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that some of these older guys, especially like like, you know, I, I still think about Ron Santo, like finally getting in after he died. The same thing with Minnie Minoso. And, you know, it, it, it sucks that you don't. What do you what are you all waiting for? That, know, what, what, what is such a delay? That, that's what really I mean, I love that he's being honored. Let's put that to the side. Same thing with Ron Santo. Wait, these guys were way overdue. These guys played and, and were the staples of their teams when you talked about the cubs you you know ron santo you knew who he was you, even if you didn't see him play you knew about ron santo same thing with Minnie minoso Minnie minoso was a afro-cuban he was our jackie robinson for for the latino community yes he played in the negro league where he had great seasons and now because in was it not 2019 or 2020 the mlb absorbed the statistics and said okay now they're valued they're they're, they're of value and they they we can put them in the record books now now he's eligible he played seven decades seven decades that is insane and then this man was at every single game he was in the lobby he would say hi to you he would talk to you he would sign autographs after autograph after autograph this man was in the clubhouse in 2005 he was carrying the trophy this man was beloved by every single Cuban player, and he still resonates to this point with the Cuban players because now we have a huge Cuban uh, 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 influence on our team, and you can see it. So when these guys, um, I remember uh, there's a video of Alexi Ramirez um, on the day that he passed, and they're asking questions, and he's like, I can't believe it. I, I just can't believe it. But he's going to live and he pounds his chest. He's going to live here. He's always going to live here. And that's how much he meant to these players. So when, you know, when they, they get, uh, when you have a break, you'll get asked about him and, and Moncada and the rest of these guys, they'll tell you about Mina Minoso. They will definitely tell you stories that this man was there and uh, the influence that he had on them. So to me, I'm upset that this man could not be on stage and give his speech same thing with ron santo i i don't want to hear i mean i don't want to be mean and say i don't want to hear their 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 daughters or their um their sons giving the speech because that's not their fault but you want to hear your player the hall of famer give their speech be able to give you something a touching story and make you laugh and give you a memory that goes on with you to to the day you pass away i mean I it's it's nice to have that memory for yourself as a fan but i think first and foremost is to allow the player to have that moment and that is the biggest shame of all when we're seeing 
some of these players getting well overdue. And, you know, I, I, I'm with you about the influence they had over the White, the current White Sox roster. Um, you know, the White Sox, if you, you look up and down their the, the history of their team, there have been quite a few Cuban players on this team. And, you know, who was number one? Well, that was many, you know, and uh, look, like I said, it, it's a shame that it took so long for him to be able to get in. And I'm with you about hearing the speeches and the stories and things like that. But I just, I like I said, I, I hate that the player themselves didn't really get the opportunity to do it. But, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I, I can say it's too little too late as a fan, but I'm sure that his family is thrilled to finally be able to call their father, grandfather, great grandfather, a Hall of Famer. All right. Uh, you got any uh, any other news? Maybe from the Golden Domers. Yeah, just a quick note from a uh, Notre Dame um, uh, defensive back Kyle Hamilton, who is uh, clearly their best defensive player, and running back Kyron Williams declare for the NFL draft, so neither will be at the upcoming Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. So, you know, uh, along with Brian Kelly, two great players from this current team are no longer going to be there. So this is going to be an interesting game to see what happens. They're making sure that they conserve their health uh, for the draft. And uh, look, we're seeing Marcus Freeman is going to have a really good test considering, like I said, we I every week I talk about how important it is for Kyron Williams to get involved, to be out there running the ball, catching the ball. He's a very good offensive player. And, uh, you know, look, he Hamilton is uh, is probably their like I said their best defensive player. He is the number one overall player in the CBS Sports NFL Draft prospect rankings. Uh, he leaves South Bend with 139 tackles, 24 passes defended, and eight interceptions, and was one of the top overall players in college football. Um, you know he only played seven games this season. He had three interceptions and four pass defensed before uh, he had that season-ending knee injury in USC. So he wasn't going to play in that game either way. But you know, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I, I want to say I would assume that if they went to the playoff, then Kyron Williams probably would still play because you're playing for a championship versus just a Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, hey, good luck to these these young men, and uh, hopefully they have long and illustrious NFL careers. Agreed. Yeah. Well, we wish them luck, and uh, I know we'll be watching. And hold hold back your enthusiasm. Yeah. You're the you're the Notre Dame nut. I'm not. You know, I like watch professional sports more than anything. The only time I watch college sports is you know the uh, college basketball uh, tournament. So that's the only time. So that's well, just me. You're telling me that on when when there's like eight bowl games on, you're not watching football. I watch the biggest. You don't one. like football that you, you. There's no way you like football that much. No, I love professional like, football. Because like the purest football. No, I huh? get. The, I understand it's the purest football. I just for me, it's just I don't. I don't have an allegiance. I went to a school that had no but that professional doesn't matter. Teams. Like I no 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 no. Football, it doesn't matter. It football is one of them sports where like if there's a game on, it's such a crazy sport that anything can happen. You could have Appalachian State versus Northwestern University of Southern California and like all of a sudden like, you know, it's it's 3-3 going into the fourth and all of a sudden it finishes 61 to 60. Like holy shit. Football, like no matter who is playing, it can be an amazing game. You you gotta you gotta give football more. I know you love baseball. That's how I feel about baseball. Football, That's how I feel about baseball. So I understand your but passion. You, but for you're it. not you you're not watching college uh, baseball, are you? Um, I nope. 
when I used to have cable, I would watch college baseball. Um, yeah. I would I watch women's softball a lot more. Uh, but yeah, I do watch like if, if it's like Tampa Bay versus Seattle, I'm watching. Like just because it, it's on, and I, I just love baseball because you know if the Cubs and Sox are off, I'm watching baseball. I'll I'll put on the app and I'm like, let's see who has the most interesting game, and I'm watching that. Like that's just I, I look, and you know I love baseball, but I'm saying like. You, you you gotta you gotta appreciate the most purest form of of football. No, I, I I get it. Just, for me, I just don't have that uh, that passion like you do for it. I just for me, it's like I'm gonna watch professional football, and that's that's where it's at. And I will watch a bowl, a bowl game or two, but for me, it's just if I don't follow it, I just feel lost. I don't I don't know these players. I don't wait, know the story. There's nothing to feel lost about. It's football. You don't know football? No, I you know, know football, football, but I'm saying this is always. So it's that brown one. It's the brown one where you like. Well, oh, you, usually when it's a brown yeah. one, you need your knife. <laughs> the poop knife. <laughs> you so stupid. All right, fans. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome. Welcome to Chicago. We all know that 2020 was no joke, and with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you will be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This week, we have part two of our interview with Mike Rodriguez, a.k.a. Mike Deportes. He's an MLB insider for Univision, and he previously worked with the Cubs. Let's take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, back for part two of our special interview with MLB insider reporter for Univision. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Rodriguez. All right, Mike, let's let's get to the uh to the to the to the main course here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the, the elephant in the room. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. No, we not give give, give me a minute, because I want to hear this man right here uh-huh. was on the bus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With with his boy Jorge Soler, so I want to hear about what it was like to be on that bus for the uh, World Series champion, twenty sixteen Chicago Cubs. That's right. That's because that's as close as we're getting. The most recent <laughs> Chicago World Series champion. Tell us, yes, yes, baseball, yeah, baseball. No. I said Chicago World Series champion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tell us what it was like to be on the bus for the uh, for the parade. Man. <laughs> 
It's something crazy, bro. Um, you know, one thing that I saw, I saw people getting on the pole. You know the light pole yeah. on the street. People was going crazy just to get on top of there to see the 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 the, the players. You know, uh-huh. uh, going through through the parade, and like I was in the Braves uh, parade and and the World Series Braves, and nothing compared to the Cubs. I mean, they great team. They do great job, but the way the Cubs did it in 2016, coming back at three to one. Yeah. And winning that last game when the, they tied up after Chairman in the seven or eight, I believe, it was nothing compared to that, bro. I remember family couldn't live with the players and the team and the, and the plane mm-hmm. back to Chicago from Cleveland. And after they won, everything was happening. They say, "Yeah, everybody get in the plane." <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of champagne and beer going through. Like, yeah, just go, just come on yeah, out. Hey, let's well. go, let's go together. I remember when we got here to Chicago. Uh, Around 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning, there was almost 1 million people right there on Wingley Field That's waiting. That's insane. Waiting. It, I, I never see so many people in a parade in a sport. Yeah, I man. think it's the first or second. They say it's the first or second uh, big parade in a sport. The history. biggest. Yeah. yeah, the Sox had 3.5 million, and obviously the Cubs have way more because yeah, they have more almost fans. Six, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's insane. That's like. Half the city, or more than this, half the city. People you know, came. People came from. Of course, over, of yeah. course, yeah. Just, just to see that. Well, it's because WGN played everywhere, you know. Right, WGN was a super station, so they played all over the country. So you have people in Arizona that wanted to come see the Cubs, of course. Yeah, that is that. I, I will tell you what. That is one of the great regrets of my life is not going to that parade. And and the thing is, is that I, I was stupid because. <laughs> well, he, he, I'm using that. He, he was, <laughs> I was stupid. You, I was in the in the past. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, was that at the time, like I said, I was doing appliance repair and I, and, and you get your schedule, like they're making it for the next day, that day. Right. So I, I text my, my scheduling manager and I was says, Hey, what are the chances I can get tomorrow off? And she's like zero. And I should have been like, you should have said, I'm calling off tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you I, know, I, I would have said, you know what? I, you could fire me, man. But, but, and, but, and <laughs> Once in a lifetime thing, yeah. I would have gone. But here, here's, the, you know what it is? I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know what stopped me is the thing I was talking about before in part one. I got to feed my kids. You know what I mean? Like, well, if, if, if I get fired tomorrow, what the fuck am I supposed to do? But it's a, so, day, a day off is a day off, I man. Know, if you're sick, you're sick. They can't tell you illegally. And that's why, that's why, I, like I said, it's, it's being a good biggest, guy there. It's one of the biggest regrets. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, I can't say I wouldn't have freaked out in the crowd that big, but I, I wish I would have at least taken the time. Because, I, like I said, you know, I, I, my homie Juan, our, our guy Juan that's yeah. on the show with us, Gigantor, yep. you know, we he was here with me. We, I, I remember I had the uh, the W flag draped over me, and I was cry- I was literally crying into yeah. the flag that the flag right here, and and you know, and I have a picture of us sitting out outside at like one in the morning smoking cigars. You yeah. know what I mean? That, I, yeah, and that's what we did. You know yeah, what I mean? That's impressive. I mean, I remember when the White Sox won it in in, in 05 and I went to work the day of the parade, and I was like, "Look, dude, I, I know I'm supposed to be here all day." But there's a parade downtown, and yeah. either way, there's not going to be any work done. So um, I'm leaving. He said, yeah. "What do you mean I'm leaving? I'm leaving. What do you mean? <laughs> Yo me voy, pa fuera. Let me speak to you in a different language. You understand this shit? I'm leaving. I'm like, I'll be back after the parade though, and I'll put, I'll finish my workout. I'll stay after. Don't worry about it." I didn't come back to work. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you didn't get fired next day? Nah, he know he knows I was a diehard Sox fan, and he was a Cardinal fan, so I didn't give a shit about him. 
So <laughs> like fuck the Cardinals. Um, so I was like, no, I'm not coming back. I was out there and I, where the where the bus stopped right there on Wacker, yeah. and you know they had the stage there and people were tossing all types of baseballs and all types of cool shit. Um, there's no way you can replicate that, and yeah. I'm sorry you missed that. Yeah. I was also there for the two out of the three Blackhawks uh, parades, and uh, uh, I was at the Grant Park. Yeah, the whole thing at the Grand Park. So I, I have never out of all the all the championships that our teams have won since I've been alive, I've never gone to a parade because my, my my parents didn't know shit about parades. Like, no, yeah, the yeah, Bulls, yeah. but they don't give shit. No, about but, but, but well, I, I it was know, different. I don't know why, why you you should have got sick that day. Yeah, I you know like I said, like I mean, you, you, you didn't even <laughs> ask. Yeah. That was that was wrong for you. you well, no, I asked the routing. I asked the not my manager. It was the person who makes the routes. I was like, hey, because the thing is, is that over there. If you call in now, they have to find someone else to do those jobs, and I didn't want to be an asshole to fuck everyone else over. Oh, I don't sir, I'm gonna be the an Cubs asshole. just won the World Series. I know, I know you can be I an asshole for yes, one day. Know, one day, come on. I know. <laughs> hey, guess what? I'll, I'll I'll be at the next one. <laughs> there you go. I'll be there with you, brother. Uh, yeah. So we got the Cubs stuff out of the way. Yeah. Are, are you, so now yeah. we can talk about the elephant in the room, man. Well, well, well yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it, about the fact that no one can sign. Yes, there was a couple of big signings beforehand. There was a, fl- there was a flurry of signings. Yeah. There was a flurry of signings. And all these signings were happening with teams who were out of the playoffs, teams that have been rebuilding. So they have a lot of cap that they can use yeah. to buy these players because they want to move forward. Now, the thing is that the major players, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Cubs, uh, the, well, not the Cubs, the Cubs, they actually make some moves, the White Sox, and, and, and all these play, uh, teams that are in the playoffs uh, on a yearly basis and are moving forward didn't make any splashes. So the, what I think is they're waiting for the CBA to be ratified, and we don't know what's going to happen. So my question to you, Mike, is let's talk about the lockout. What are you hearing from players of regarding the lockout well um what i hear was uh you know basically everybody's is kind of it that bothers them because everybody want to start talking to the to the team and, and make everything going on and uh, they have to you know now no more baseball they can even talk about baseball right, right. now yeah because what's happening uh the coaches the the agents the managers they 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 restrict about it they cannot talk anything they can't about talk to the, ma- no, the no. players no agents, no, no, no nothing at no, all. No contact at all. Not no. even with well, the media either. I heard no. the, the MLB just take out the the pictures the on pictures the website. Yeah, on the website for yep. the players. Yeah, it's all baseballs it's and crazy. gloves now. <laughs> that is insane. That's yeah. insane. So they like, come on, man. We, we, they need to figure out something so we can start having the conversation because everybody wanna everybody wanna be ready for spring training. Yeah, everybody wanna yeah. know where they're gonna go or what thing they're gonna be playing for. Right. And now what's happening is. Everything's gonna stop. Like, yeah. you pr- we're probably not gonna see no spring training signing around 18, 20 of February. Yeah, they're probably gonna go into March. Into March, and probably the season's gonna be affected too. Oh, 100 percent. Oh yeah, I, I, there's gonna oh, be a shortened time. season. It's gonna be instead of it's yeah. starting April, it's gonna probably gonna start in May. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which might be good because April weather sucks for baseball. Oh yeah, especially here in Chicago. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I go to opening day. It's it's snowing for the White Sox home open. Yeah. I'm like, this is stupid. Well, you know who's going to enjoy that is uh, your boy Solaire. He's going to be like, yes, no more. <laughs> it's not cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the Cubans and Dominicans and Puerto Ricans are not going to like, you know, they're going to be like, yeah. oh, warm weather, even I, better. Javi too. Uh, so, look, you know, this is the first time that we've had a lockout in a long. 26 years. Long time. Well, I'm 32 years old. By that time, I didn't even know there was a lockout. Right. 26 years ago, 20, 1984. So, this is my first time experiencing that. 
I mean, what what do you think the biggest sticking point for the players are to get a CBA done? Well, um, they have to make some type of deal, no matter what, mm. because this is money. Yep, right. You know, and this is affecting the fans, which the fans right now are saying, we give you guys money, yeah. we pay you guys players, owners got money because of us, yep. and now you guys are stopping us for see what's going on. You know, yeah. so this is gotta this this is gotta go. You know, they have to make an agreement. I don't know what kind of agreement it's gonna be, but something's gotta happen soon because MLB cannot cannot be without spring training. No, no, no. The thing is that this is a sport that that's over a hundred years old, and it's the age demographic that watches baseball is getting older and older and older. And what's going to happen is like you're going to turn off the fans that actually watch your yes, sport, yes. and that that's that's part of the problem. I think for the players, the biggest one, well, couple of the stick, big sticking points is that they want a bigger sh- uh, pot of the revenue. Right now, it's uh, I think it's fifty-seven to forty-three percent to the owners. That's not fair. I, I don't think that's fair enough. Um, you also have service time, how they manipulated uh, Cole, uh, Chris Bryant and other players. Like, oh, you're really good. Um, yeah, I'll see you in two weeks after the season, and then that year's not going to count for you. And, and no, and not only that, you know, owners is ask is saying the the players got to get paid depends on the WAR. Yeah, no war. You know, yeah, that's that's kind of messed up. Yeah, that's not messed up. So that means that players got to get paid depends on what do they do for the team. Like you know, no, come on, you are playing 162 games. It's a marathon. You know? Yeah, and, and now you want to get my money out less because you helped the team in the playoff winning, and I didn't. But I played the whole 162 game, right. and I hit 40 homers, yeah. and I did 100 RBIs, and I hit 290. And because you come now in the playoff and help my team wins in the WAR, you gonna get paid more than me? No, doesn't make yeah. sense. It's simple like a group project, right? You always have one person that does all the work. Yep. And then oh. everyone everyone gets the credit. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's exactly, exactly what that is. So that's bullshit. I, I think they have to get an agreement and they have to see. And they have MLB got to understand the the players are the main thing here. Of course. Yeah. I come yeah. to see the players, not the owners. Exactly. I come to see the players, not the owners. I want to see what they do. Not nobody. Sometimes people don't even know who, who's the owner are. Uh, he knows the owner of the Cubs. Yeah, I got I, I got I got my photo with Ricketts right there. <laughs> so the, the the funny thing about that picture is this is way this is like twenty like when they they first got it and this one's Ricketts used to walk around the stadium all the time, right? So I was sitting there and and uh, and I, I probably told this story on air before, but I was like, "Hey Ricketts, hey hey Ricketts," and he turned around and I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> he actually turned So then I went up to him real quick And this is like early Early uh, cell phone You know the smartphones yeah. And I was like uh, Hi Mr. Ricketts <laughs> I was like Could you take a picture with me So I, I got the picture And I, you know I put it in the frame I thought it was cool And that's why when they won the World Series I was like Hey My boy Ricketts did it for me I got the photo right <laughs> The only thing that I see good on this Is that they giving They putting They're trying to put 14 17 In the National League And 17 in the American League mm. To go to the playoff You know this is good for baseball because more cup, more more of a tournament. It sounds it's better for baseball. Yeah, it's better for baseball because you have more team now trying to uh, compete, get a spot, yeah. compete in the playoff. Right. You know, and another thing is the National League DH. Yeah, that's I'm a, for that's it. A big I'm, thing. I'm, yeah. I'm super for it. 
I like it. We yeah. saw that in the shortened season, the sixty-game season. I mean, I think it was as it was a success. And I don't understand what the hang-up is anymore. It, it, a lot of it's the old-time baseball yeah. guys. Yeah. You know what? You create more jobs for guys. Yeah. Now there's there's for, more for visibility. Yeah. Like a Kyle Schwarber cannot go anywhere and be a DH for a National League team. And not only him. Now now you have Soler. Yeah, Soler could be He's a... Trying to sign any National League, National right. League team and be a DH. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys it's that, that, a lot that of have help. Yeah. It, it well, helps. I mean, we and we've seen the guys go to the AL that were played in the a, in the NL for a long time and become a DH and extend their career for five, six, seven years. Exactly. Definitely in the in the NL, your only choice really is to become a first baseman. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's your choice. Be like, yeah. oh, I guess yeah. put the old got, guy at first, right? And then we got to go up there and see fucking Kyle Hendricks try to swing a bat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no one. Should, no that one is wants the to see stupidest that. thing ever. I don't. I don't. I've never understand that. Right. I mean, I get it in college. Everyone. Everyone gets a hit. And if you're a good hitter, like Zambrano was a very good hitter. Yeah. There's been a couple of pitchers that have been really good hitters, but they bat twice in a game. Maybe. Maybe because they get pulled in the fifth or sixth inning. Right. So they only get two at bats every five days. Yeah. I mean, and, come on. And I mean, here's the thing: if you want to really make it fun, go into the the uh, All Star break and have a pitcher <laughs> home, <laughs> home run, run derby. derby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because that's, I mean, look, it's, it's an interesting time to observe what's happening in baseball. You have a lot of sticking points, like we said about the, the, the DH and the NL. Okay. Mm-hmm. The money, the revenue sharing. Yep. And one of the other things that they're looking into is not necessarily a salary cap, but, but a, salary a, change, floor. a salary floor and, yep. and then a change in the luxury tax. And that's one thing that they're talking about as well, because that's something that, you know, your owners and your your management is going to be worried about as well. So you we, we talked about it on the on part one a little bit about like how the Marlins and the Kansas City Royals will build up a really good team and then sell them off two, three years later. Kansas City is doing that since they became a team. <laughs> but what I'm saying Let's is be honest, because they used to sell to they were the minor league farm system for the Yankees, it, yes. just like the Pirates were for the Cubs in the early 2000s. You think about that, Randall Simon, uh, Ramos Ramirez, Ramos Ramirez all, you know yeah. what I mean? like all these yeah. players. So, I mean, and, and the thing, and that's the shame. The, to me, the biggest shame of it is when you have the Pirates, for example, who traditionally were a strong team. Yeah, Barry and they, Bonds they, and everybody. Else. Barry Bonds, but I mean, like we can talk about Bonilla. teams like the Braves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these these kind of um, smaller big market teams who sit there and they benefit from having these stars. Right, they cry wolf. Because at the end of the day, guess what? You get a bigger pie of the revenue sharing because your team sucks. Because you're tanking. Or your team's not as popular. You know what I mean? Like, you're, there's always going to be Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, But the popularity Dodgers doesn't fans. make a difference. The Yankees are and the Dodgers are always playing the luxury tax. And guess who but gets what benefit I mean, that? What I mean by, popular, by, by being popular is the fact that they're making revenue off of merchandise. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but, I mean, it's all collective bargaining. It's all shared. So you can't cry poor if you're, at the end of the year, you get money from the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Cubs because they spent a lot of money and they made a lot of money. You get a check at the end of the year saying, here's your money because we all get a cut of the pie. Now, the problem is that they continue to do that. You're right. It's not like the, look at the Marlins, what they did. They built a championship team. And then twice, right up twice, and then right after that, sell off all the parts twice in six years. Yeah, it's like it's like a a, a, a luxury car in Chicago. It got yeah. stripped for parts. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. I mean, and that, that's it, what they want to get away because it was what ninety seven and what oh three. Yeah, yeah, and like within six years, they did it twice, and they won championships, and then they're like, all right, yeah. you know what I mean. So look, I, so what 
what at the very least has to be there for the players to say, okay, I'll sign this deal. I think it's got to be more we of the player size. I mean, they got to hear what the players want. Mm. They got to hear what the players want, and they got to do what the players want. More of the player side than the than the GMs, what they want, and the owners. Because if you think about this, owners get money no matter what. Yep. Players get, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but the players, they use the jersey, and who, you know, who sell them? The team. Mm-hmm. Who get more money of that player? But the, and that's why they took the players' pictures off of the thing because the, off of the website can't use their likeliness. You cannot use the likeliness. You can't you're not sit there them. and and benefit off of your picture if I'm not paying you money. That's where that all comes from. Yeah. Now, if you actually look, there's a few players that do have for some reason their 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 photos are still out there. If you actually go through, and it, but it's like you know some random guy in the bullpen that's been there for you know a month and a half and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I don't know. Look, oh, I, another team is the one though. The, the MLB one is the player to have uh, all the players. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of sure which one is one one, but I think the players the one the one the the more logos. The oh, the advertisement. The, the, advertising. The, the owners want that because the want that, yeah, because yeah. that's way more money. Just like in soccer and anywhere Basket, any right, basketball. And basketball. Basketball just started that. So now you're gonna see the players, uh, the Cubs, white grease in the back. Yes. <laughs> no, that's just, it's gonna happen. That's that, that's gonna happen. I, th- I think if you're gonna do something like that, you have to have like a, a patch on the shoulder or something like that. Well, no, seriously. Look, look at the Japan League. Look yeah, at the Mexico. Mexican yeah. League. Okay. They they advertise. Man, J- but I'm gonna J- tell you something. I don't like. It. No, I. It, J- here's the thing. Japan I League. I mean, one or two uh, is fine. Japan and Mexico, their leagues have been around for what thirty years. We're talking about a hundred plus year old tradition. There's a reason why the Cubs have not changed their uniforms. You know what I mean? And in, in, in forever and ever, it is a traditional sport. You are gonna. I'm, I promise you, if you start selling Cubs uh, uh, jerseys with a random ass fucking Walgreens logo, they're still gonna buy them. I'm a t- Cub fans will still buy them. The old school guys are not gonna buy shit. And who do you think? Who do you think has the money to spend on that shit? The young kids. Okay. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. It lets, yeah, it is it, going it, to happen. Even if look at you're gonna have the Nike logo on one side and you're gonna have the sponsor on the other hand. And guess what? That's more money. That's how this deal's gonna get done. That's gonna be part of it because that's gonna be like, all right, cool. We're gonna give you the DH. We might give you one year off service time. Exactly. But we're gonna want sponsors. And guess what? We're taking 60% of that revenue. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm giving it to you because those owners are money hungry. Let's just be honest, they're money hungry. And now you're gonna see the pants Jordano's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think if some of these guys just get some free food, they're gonna be all for it, man. Right. Some of those guys. Yeah. Um it, it it is frustrating. It is frustrating. You know, we talked a lot about last year about the Cubs crying poor, saying they didn't have the money. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they didn't pay these players. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about that, I think about the fact that are you going to get value from what you're going to pay? And that's why they didn't pay Rizzo. And that's why they didn't, you know what I mean? Bryant would have been the one I would have gave money to. Right. But that's why they didn't pay Baez because after everything happened with the Astros, 
and he couldn't use his iPad. That's what he said. He says, well, my, my swing, I finally got back to where I finally got to where I wanted to go. And but now they took away my iPad and I can't see where I made my mistakes in the swing and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of players that went through that. But I mean, you know, it's it's frustrating because we sat here going back and forth. Are they actually poor because of what happened with the pandemic? Because they built up all the shit and it was finally done right when the shit hit the fan. And then where's that revenue coming from? I have no. It, they we, put all their eggs in one basket, which was building the neighborhood around them. Because why would you ever expect that to be an issue? You know what I mean? Like you knew that that money was coming. Let's yeah, be but, but the players didn't get paid. That right. One, I know. The the, the, the the pandemic season, they got cut off. Yeah. On their salary. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the problem? What what money are you losing? You're losing the fans coming exactly. in. Well, no, you're you're losing the money that you were that revenue was supposed to. Because no, I understand it. It's a you're budget. basically putting a loan on your house. Yeah, I understand that's what that. you're doing. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. they put a bunch of loans on their house. Right. So that's what they did. All their money they had from the Cubs, they said, okay, we're gonna buy this bar and this rooftop and this house, and we're gonna knock it down, and we got the parking lot, and we got this, and we got that, and guess what? Taco Bell, it's gone. Yeah, and McDonald's. Yeah, well, it's a new McDonald's. They own that building. They own the hotel. Yeah. But guess what? No one can go to the hotel because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, so, uh, now they can. Well, now, but I'm just saying, they put all their eggs in one basket, and then the pandemic hit, and then they're like, the mortgage is up. But like, oh, you got to pay on the first of the month. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So they were, you know, between a rock and a hard place. I get it, but you mortgaged your team based to fix out the the entire thing and that was that their decision well, i don't feel sorry because they're billionaires i'm not sorry for them they're but, billionaires but, but you, we we and we had this discussion before we you, hit you, it. you call them billionaires yeah based on what money what even billionaires have bills to pay and if you don't have the revenue anymore how are you supposed to pay them bills because they borrow and they leverage on other stuff that's what i'm saying is that all of a sudden you find wrigley finally got just about done and they're like yeah uh, 60 games and also uh no <laughs> like no every, every everyone go home you know what i mean so that that's that puts a team like the cubs in a tricky spot but what i want to talk about and i'm sure z mm-hmm. has been waiting for this mm-hmm. since 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 the since part one of the last episode that's right is the white Sox. <laughs> What there's looking at the free agents that are out there right now, who do you think would be the best fit for the White Sox? I would say Jorge Soler. Oh, yeah, oh hey, Jorge, you're coming through, man. Come through. We love you in right yeah, field. I mean, they if you see the Chicago White Sox, they they got a good relationship with the Cuban players. Yep, they love mm-hmm. Cuban players. So, why not have that guy in the lineup when you have Joan Moncada, Abreu, Eloy Jimenez? You know, Grandal, Grandal, and, yep. and now you add in another bat that there's gonna be a power hitter. Yeah, that would be great. And then you have a DH spot, so you can mix DH and yes. right field play with Soler. Agreed. You can you can mix them in and out. You, you can still put Adam. You can put Vaughn still in right. Give him some some at bats there. I think the biggest need for them is going to be the the right field. And if they spend the money on right field, then they can spend a little money on second base. I don't think second base is that important right now. Right field is. I got a question for you. Sure. Since you're a White Sox fan, mm-hmm. do you think Tony La Russa is still the right manager? No, 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 no. I said that since day one. I didn't why, like why it. Why not? I. This is why. <laughs> Thank you. This man falls asleep, and I understand that he has more knowledge between him and George Washington about baseball than anybody else here. Right? I get that. I feel like he's the grandfather. That is the fun grandfather that no one listens to. Tim Anderson is going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do because he's Tim Anderson. Every time. Abreu is still going to do what he does no matter what they tell him. He says, LaRusso, I'm fucking playing. I don't care what you say. I'm hurt, yeah, but I'm playing. 
I don't think I think they respect him They respect the history They respect his pedigree But I think that When it comes to it Like putting pressure He doesn't put pressure On his players Point is The White Sox had a 10 game lead For 6 months They were relaxed And guess what They got their ass kicked In the first round and Because you know, of that And you know one thing about that uh, One of the reasons The Sox bring Tony Russo To the team Was the way He used to manage The bullpen With all the team Back in the days He fucked that so up he, All day He, <laughs> he messed, fucked that up He messed it up Right here with the Chicago White Sox Yeah So Since the days out that I, I think that you I, 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 I agree with you too I don't think he's the right. I wanted right Ozzy. I wanted Ozzy all day because you know what? He has that connection with the Latin players. He trusts his coaches. He'll talk to his pitching coach. Hey, what do you think here? Pull him or not? Okay, cool. I'll go out there. He will ask his coaches because he doesn't know everything. He'll say, I don't know this. You do it and figure it out. Right now, Tony Russo is like, oh, what inning is this? Oh, I didn't know that rule. <laughs> How do you not know the rules if you were on the rules committee with MLB? Yep. I just don't understand that. You don't know the replay rule? You have 30 seconds? How do you not know that? You were there when they put the rule in place. He's a, he's a, he's asleep at the wheel. You know who I wanted? He's you wanted the guy at Detroit. A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch. He was... Look, you got a young team. You got a really young team mm -hmm. who all your stars are, what, 25 or younger? About. You know what I mean? Like, you got a couple that are a little bit older. Mm -hmm. I mean, your first baseman is a little bit older. But, I mean, realistically, your position players are young guys. Mm-hmm. AJ Hinch, regardless of everything that went on with the with the garbage cans and the fucking buzzer, put that to the side. Look at what he did for Detroit this year. 100. That Detroit team was a is a very young team with a lot of young players, and they were kicking ass at the second half of the season. Yeah, they were they were taking series left and right, yeah. and now they spent money. So they're gonna be they're yeah. gonna be the White Sox biggest competition this they year. They believe in their team, right? And and I I think you you know who names come to my mind. When I talk about the White Sox, is since they have a lot of Latinos in the team, mm -hmm. why they don't give a chance to Tony Pena? Yeah, mm. he he was on, uh, he was rumored uh, a couple years ago, and then it just fizzled out. Nothing happened. That's a great uh, yep. player yeah, to have. A lot player of coach respect him, and, and he's he's good with the Latinos. You know, I think he's a great fit. But uh, the White Sox, I don't know. They have a really good team. Two years in a row, they get kicked out right in the first in the first round, yeah. In the first round in the playoff. And I think they just need, like you say, another manager that like que tiene fuego, que tiene sabor. Yeah, le, le, le. Listen to him. Like yeah. you're doing this today. No, you're doing this. You're today. doing this today. I'm benching you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You need an authority. An authority figure. Yeah. You know, I was gonna ask you something else too. What, what happened with your B Mercedes? Um Tony La Russa literally broke that kid's confidence. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah, I believe so. You're like, oh, don't swing the three and oh. I don't give a shit. My job is to hit the ball. Yep. Especially a guy that's trying to he just trying, he's trying to make the, the team. Yeah. Every day. Right. He just came up from the minor leagues because Luba, uh, uh, Eloy and Luba were hurt. Mm -hmm. So if I'm coming in here, I'm trying to make a name for myself and get my stats up so I can stay here. Because exactly. if not, they're going to send me right back down. Exactly. So if I hit a home run on 3-0, Tatis hit it two, week, two weeks before that. He, Tatis did it. And they're like, oh, old school rules. Fuck the rules. Guess what? It's baseball now. Let's make it exciting. Let's do bat flips. Let's, let's fucking have fun. I don't want to sit there and just be quiet at a baseball game. I want to cheer. I want to have fun. I want to see my guys hit home runs. You have a home run, hit him. Let him hit home runs. 
And another thing is he didn't he didn't back his player. Like why he threw him under the bus. He threw him under the bus. Why? If it was something that okay, he missed the sign. That happens. Well, okay, it happens. And only him and you knew that. Right. Why are you gonna come now in the conference and say he missed the sign? Mm-hmm. You know, you sending the other team, he throwing a pitch on the Right here. It, yeah. Yeah. Look. I don't like Tony Larusa. Mm. Point blank period. First of all, because he was a fucking Cardinals Cardinal manager. I mean, let, let, let's let's be honest here. You know what I mean? Like it, it ain't got nothing to do with the White Sox. It has more to do with the Cardinals than anything else. But I just I, I feel like this was basically your ownership saying, Look, me right or wrong. I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm going to give you this chance. One last chance for romance. We're both 157 years old. We might not make 158. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here is a not good young team that should win. Should. Yes. Let's see what you can do. It, it was a wrong move, in my opinion. Agreed. You know what Agreed. I mean? Because I think if it, this is, uh, we can, I think we can all agree that this was a hundred percent a Jerry Reinsdorf move, yeah. and not a Rick Hahn move, well, and not a Michael Reinsdorf. Move. How do you undercut your GM? You, I promise you that Michael Reinsdorf would not have made that move. No, Rick Hahn would not have made that move. No. no. When we look at the moves that Rick Hahn has made, this is not a Rick Hahn move. No. This is Jerry Reinsdorf all the way trying to make up for feeling stupid as fuck for for letting Hawk. Fire him way back when. Or letting Hawk be the GM. Which was stupid in the first place. Agreed. Agreed. So, like, again, you undercut your GM. You saw the press conference. Yep. He was like, uh, yeah, we're going with Tony La Russa. Okay. Okay, moving on. I guess. Yeah, that, and he had nothing to say because he can't, he can't talk shit about the ownership. He had, he had zero confidence. He was just like, uh, uh, yeah. guys, uh, I, guess, I guess. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess this is what you're going to eat. It's spam. Yeah. All right, here we go. I mean, there's, there's no way we that was a great move. All right, so I'm going to give you five names. Sure. Outfielders yep. for, that are free agents, like straight up free agents. And I want you to tell me um, which one of these you would most like to have for the White Sox. Okay. Okay. Chris Bryant. Okay. Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Michael Conforto. Okay. Odubo Herrera. Mm-hmm. And Jack Peterson. All... 28 or 29 years old and all can play right field for you uh first pick would be nick castellanos okay. right after that would be kb and then that would be schwarber and then schwarber mm-hmm. okay because schwarber could be dh obviously but having kb he can play third he can play first he can play anywhere in the outfield um, i like that yeah and then he doesn't have to be the man because there's so many good guys on that team that i think his numbers will be protected because he can be behind or in front of Abreu. Behind or in front of Lou Bob, behind him. I mean, you can put him anywhere in the lineup, and he's gonna hit two eighty. Mm. Now you you also have same right, about the same age, Soler, and you have Eddie Rosario. Rosario is thirty. Soler is twenty nine. So these are all right. That you know what I mean. Like, I feel like Castellanos might be a good fit. It's just gonna cost too much. It's yeah, good. yeah. I Constantly mean, he's, he's going to cost a lot of money. I think that all the all those. It's not because it's my friend, but all the guys that you mentioned, the only two guys can fix fix that for cheaper is Soler and Schwarber. And between Schwarber and Soler, you prefer it. You pres- yeah, Soler because he can play. Yeah, he can actually play outfield. I play outfield. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
Nick Nick Castellanos is going to be alive. He's going to be the most expensive. Well, him and KB are going to be the most expensive out of that group. I have no I, I right now I have no idea where KB is going to go. I have none. I thought he was going to stay with San Francisco cuz they loved him there. And they he do. played well. I, I, he played I, well. I, I think that's probably yeah, he well because he's a he's a West Coast guy. Yes. So I mean, you know, Vegas doesn't have a team yet, but that's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that might be the most, um, the best fit for him just because of how he got along with that team. They relied on him quite a bit, and he had, he did boost them up to me to go there. And and you got to remember how competitive that division is with what the Dodgers are doing. Right. Now, they lost Seager, you know what I mean? But they're still always, they're always going to be a competitive the team. The Dodgers always plug and play, and man. That's the thing is that I think that's when the Cubs were, were going through everything with 2016. I think that's kind of the model that they were trying to follow. Seeing that the Dodgers and and the Cardinals have sustained success, yeah, right, right. So you're trying to follow that model. I'm trying to plug in the next. I'll let this guy go. Let him go get his money, and I'm gonna pull up the next guy from the minors. And that's where the Cubs differ, and they haven't recovered yet. When you see the same thing happen with the Red Sox, where they built it up, they made their trades, they won the World Series, they went down again, then they Back were up. able to recover, yeah. and they were able to win another World Series that way. I don't know if the Cubs can do that because there's they're the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lee, what, what, I know we need a pitcher, mm. and I know some of these big name pitchers have been signed. But like, would you bring back Carlos uh, Rodon? Yeah, sure. He's a good left-hander pitcher. I mean, he could do damage in the lineup, but he can learn to a lot of stuff. I think he would be. He, yeah, why not? And he's already. He's he already been there, so yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that when you look down the list, there's not a ton of guys that exactly. are that are available at all. Not not young guys at no, least. No, not young guys. No, because Clayton Kershaw, I think I don't think he's gonna be a good a uh, good pitch, a good fit for us at he's all. He's also thirty three. You know, thirty four. Yeah, yeah. One one player that you might want to look at is Carlos Martinez from the Cardinals. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. He is. See, hmm. he's only thirty years old. You know what I mean? And you can sign. You don't have to sign. Yeah, him to I would have been the ass. Cubs, and I bring this guy to my yeah. rotation. Because I mean, look, I'm gonna. He's I'm gonna, thirty, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking down the list here. You got like who is this? Chris Archer at thirty three. Arietta, he's done. Trevor Cahill, Johnny Cueto, Zach Davies, Danny Duffy. Like you got Mike Fires out there, but he's thirty six. No, there's um, a lot of old guys. There's a lot of old guys. You know, how old is Danny Duffy? Danny Duffy is 32, so he's not like super old. But I mean, you know what I mean. Like he's he's a guy that you can give him a couple year contract and see what he does. What about Jose Urena? I mean, you tell me. I mean, I think that I mean he's a young guy that that can fit into the back of the rotation. He got that fire though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of young guys that, but I I still would take I would go to Carlos and be like, hey, we do want you back. The problem is that you gave a one year prove it deal, and mm. he proved it. What about what about giving Quintana another chance? Quintana is over there in Pittsburgh. Quintana's a free agent right now. Is he? Quintana? What he, am I looking at? Oh. 32. He's only 32. Okay. He was with the Giants last year. I forgot that he was in the major. Yeah, he wasn't in the majors for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's I don't I look, he, Matt hey, Matt Harvey's only 32. Kershaw's 33. I don't think Kershaw would come to play in the AL. No. You know no. what I mean? Like I, I just don't I, I don't know where the hell Kershaw is gonna go. Yeah, he might stay with the Dodgers, do like a one-year cheap deal, prove, just yeah, yeah prove a deal prove again, a deal. yeah, see what see what they do, and you know the Dodgers are going to be in favor to do that. Let's see, Quintana signed a one-year deal with Pittsburgh, November 29th. 
Oh, so he just he just he came just, off. Just yeah, he just signed. Yeah, I'm looking okay. at that now. I mean, again, designator hitters is something that we also need. Nelson Cruz, even though he's 41, oh, the, the uh, guy can hit forever. Nelson Cruz is Nelson Cruz is a guy that like if he was 51, I would give him a contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somehow this old son of a bitch. Yeah. Just and and you know what too? You know what he does really well is beat the shit out of the White Sox. So if he's on you, hey, if you can't beat him. Join them. That's right. You know what I mean? That is a hundred percent a guy that I would bring in. You, and you gonna tell me that Nelson Cruz wouldn't fit right in with that team? I mean, let's act the expert. How about that? Yeah, I mean, look, hey, <laughs> Mike, Nelson Cruz. You, what do you think about him on the White Sox? I mean, eh, you know, he he can only play DH. Right. That's fine. That's, that's I mean, because here's the thing: who have they been playing at DH? The young guys that should be out in the field. Oh uh, yeah, we've had. Uh, Vaughn yeah, because Abreu's team, Abreu Abreu's defense has got one hundred percent way better. Yeah, so he's in what he wants to play, and he plays when he when he plays on the field, he hits better. Just be honest. So Nelson Cruz, I think I think he's a good fit. It just limits you on what you can do in the outfield. Exactly. What about what about a second base for the, for the White Sox? Because Hernandez, tell me what you really think about this. Because he won the Gold Glove the year before. Yeah, and he was doing well with, with with Cleveland. It just he came, him and Kimbrel came over, and they just didn't do well. Yeah. Kimbrel's in a different situation because he was put in a position that he doesn't really play because he's a closer and not yeah. a setup man. And I, I told but, you that before. Yeah, and, and Hernandez, which I, which I think the Tony La Russa messed up again, right there oh, again because he should have uh, switched it up. Yeah. and put Kimbrel to close the games. Yeah, he's the older statement. He's got more time. He's closed way better. His ERI was point four six or something at that point. Yeah. You go with a better closer. And then, okay, use your closer two days in a row. Okay, put Hendricks in there. That's all you got to do. And that's the thing with with Liam Hendricks. He's the type of player. He has the type of mentality and attitude where if you go back early in his career, look at what he came to now, you listen to him. He's like, I'm happy that I fucking made it. Like, I will do whatever you need me to do. He was a failed starter. He was a failed starter. Right. You know what I mean? And, and and also, the fun of him is that no matter where he's at, he has a kangaroo in there. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, to get back to your thing, I mean, second baseman, there's not really a lot of it out there. Yeah. They're all old or players that I don't want. Uh, Joe Panic? No, 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 no. Jonathan no. VR? You know what I mean? Like that, Maybe Marwin? I don't know. Mar- Marwin had a bad year. I don't know. I mean, at this point, we I mean, have Jonathan Villar did it good with the Mets. Yeah, this year. yeah. He's a he, he know how to play good defense, and, he, and he's thirty years old. So, like I said, he's, he's this is not a very old guy, and you know, it, it's just it's such an important position, and you got to get someone that's gonna because without Madrigal, you don't you have no idea what's going on in the well, middle of the. What infield. happened with Larry Garcia? Why he signed? He, he signed, signed for three years. Three years, three years. Three years well, sixteen why, million. Why the Cubs keep, keep giving him? Trying to play him everywhere and just not giving him mm. you're talking second about, base. You're for, why the Sox didn't do don't do it? So why they're not making him an everyday player? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's an everyday player. I don't, if you look at him for a long periods of time when he when he's in the line for more than like three or four days, his average starts to dip, and that's the thing. His defense is going to be there no matter what. Can they afford that? Actually, they could, but they want a better name, and I just they feel like he's the Swiss Army knife that. If someone goes out, he can play there. Yeah. And that's the role they, they gave him, and they don't want to get him out yeah. of that role. That's the problem. So we don't we have no idea what's gonna happen with that second base. No. Okay. What about your your bullpen? Because they they made a very strong move with Kendall Graveman. Yep. And I think that I mean That's your setup, man, right there. He's only 30. 
You got a guy that you can lean on for a couple years. You didn't pay him a shit ton. And you still have moves to make. And when you look, who you know, you look at who's in that bullpen now, and they have a lot of guys. They have a couple of guys. We lost a pair. I'm mad about that. That's that's a guy um, that I really love. That guy. I love to pair on our team. He was really good for us. But yeah. the, the 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 to me the scary thing about the bullpen is the fact that you have a couple of guys in that bullpen who should be starters who are going to be starters. Yeah, and that means that you're going to have to shore up your bullpen. So right, so you got Kopech and Crochet that might right. be going into the starting lineup, which takes away two flamethrowers out of the bullpen. So do me yeah, pick one of those to start and one to stay in the bullpen. Yeah, well, yeah, then, White Sox. Where's Tepeda at right now? Did he sign someone else? I don't think so. Let me see. Still free check. Agent, I think he might still be a free agent, but he should get a lot of money because he's really good. Let's see. Where's my thing at? That's catchers. Hey, he's a free agent right now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's I, not playing anywhere right now. Yeah, I, I would definitely sign him back. Oh, 100 percent. You you sign that man back. Yeah. Um, I think for for as to answer your question, I'm I'm gonna go with Crochet. To st- which one? Crochet instead of Kopech. To do what? To start. Okay. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I, I, I really? think it I, would be the other way around. Me too. I, I, I've seen a lot of the Kopech's uh, uh, spot starts, and I don't think he's there yet. I, I, I know he came back from that mental issue of the anxiety, and then yeah. he had the breakup. He had the breakup and the divorce. Right, and, and, and divorce, stuff. yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. And um, he had some really good innings uh, coming out of the bullpen when he's the first guy out there. But I don't. When I see spot started, he wasn't that hot. I don't think he's. But again, he's still learning how to pitch. Spot start. You know what I mean? I, I think when you look at Crochet versus Kopech, I think Kopech is is going to be groomed to be a starter, and he doesn't have to be a a, a a number one or even a number two. But when I look at Crochet mm-hmm. and just the flame that comes out of his arm. I think that he's way too valuable in the bullpen as your seventh inning guy. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think he's way too valuable for that. I could see him as a future closer too. And that and that's yeah. why groom him for your pen and put Kopech as your starter. That's what I that's what I think. It, it's really gonna come down to, to the experience because some guys start as a starting pitcher and suck and then move on to be a great middle reliever or closer. And then you don't ever, you never know. But at, but that's what I that's my thing is that after the injury, he hasn't had enough time to actually move into that starter role because they they were they were jam packed. They had a log jam up mm-hmm. there. You know, Lance Lynn. I don't know what the hell happened to him in the playoffs. You know, you got Dallas Keuchel who also lost his fucking mind. So they are going to need one of these young guys to step up and actually be a solid starter. I mean, if you see numbers for Lance Lynn in the playoffs, he's never been that good in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. How do you start him against the Astros? That's what I. That's what I'm, that was. Who say. the Astros <laughs> just kill him and they kill him even more in Houston. Was, that was the stupidest was, thing ever. I was just gonna say that. Like, I don't know what's happened with Tony Russo that day. They he pulled Lance Lynn to start the game because you know what happened is that he has fucking Alzheimer's. He's 157. <laughs> I told you he now go make it to 158. It's it's another one of those things where your entire team is affected by the fact that your owner wants to make amends for some shit that he shouldn't have done long ago, it's and that when, is going to fuck up your team. When you have inept managers, yep, like Ricky, Ricky Renteria almost fucking killed Rodon last the year before. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's a starting pitcher, and you put him, <laughs> him Crochet both got hurt in that game. I'm like, what are you doing? Yep. Uh, Dallas Keiko, I think he'll be fine. He's one of those. Bulldog pitchers that 
he knows when he sucks, he's like, you know what? I'm going to suck it up in the offseason. I'm going to bust my ass. He's, he's going to come out on fire. I have no worries about Kaiko. He'll be fine. You got Giolito that's just going to build on his Cy Young yep. reputation. Yep. Cease is a good kid. He has the best stuff out of all these guys here. Yeah. And once he gets it going, it's it's over. Lance yeah. Lynn, he's going to be your number four, number five starter, and that's fine. You just need him to eat innings. And that's what I'm saying is that you you take Kopech, you put him as your number five, and, and what's the problem I'm, there? I'm fine. There's no problem with that. You know what I mean? There's so, no like, problem. I mean, Lopez is still on the team, too. I can't believe so, that. So who, who, who will be your number one starter? Giolito. It's Giolito. And then the second one? Cease. Yep. That one? It's got to be Kaiko. Kaiko, yeah. Or Lynn. And, and to me, that takes pressure off of Keiko not having to be the number one. Because I think when he came Lee. when he came over, you thought he was going to be the number actually, one. Actually, I'd probably put Lance Lynn as three. Really? Yeah. I know Keiko over Keiko. Yeah, it'd be like you got something to prove. But I, to prove me, you want the spot. Yeah, but to me, that's a that's a respect thing. You at least give him the number three. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, here's the thing: as you go further, three in the or season, four, what? Much difference is I mean, there? The it does. Wanna, the guy just want to side young last night. You you have to give him some respect, though. Yeah, he almost. Yeah, he yeah. almost won a side young. Oh, yeah. Almost won a young. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Keiko has a World Series. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? And, then, and that's so does Lance Lynn. Does he? Yes, he does. Lance Lynn won it with Tony Larusa when he was a believer oh, for fucking Cardinals. Fucker. <laughs> he almost did it with Texas too. Fucking right. Cardinals motherfucker. Yep. Hey, yep. All right. I, hey, look. But I, okay. It's fun to talk baseball. Okay. So you, I mean, like, here's the thing. If you want to interchange that right there, but I, but like I said, I think you're number five. If you're not bringing back Rodon. If. if you're not bringing back Rodon, because I feel like, I feel like he has shown you enough to give him that opportunity, mm-hmm. and to give him an opportunity yeah. in a White Sox uniform, don't let that man go somewhere else and prove himself somewhere else and make a shit ton of money. This yeah. is your guy, who you decided wasn't good enough at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you had to make him compete with uh, with him, Lopez. Right, came back, and that's another fucking guy. Oh, he he pitched well. I know. He pitched well coming from the fucking Schaumburg site. <laughs> but <laughs> He's you, you, you don't want to see Detroit getting run out. No. No. If Detroit, yeah, it gets because Detroit usually picks up our players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always pick up our players and they do well there. And Detroit gets someone like Rodon? Maglio. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did Gordon Beckham. He played over there too. Yeah, who cares about that guy? <laughs> oh, my God. I have such a hard time listening to him talk. Yeah, he's bad on the on the, it's on the hard, commentary. Man. Yeah, he's, uh, well. <laughs> I'm like I've never seen someone that speaks English have a language barrier speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you notice when Ozzy's not in the post game, I'm like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. yeah, when Ozzy's not there, I'm like, I'm not watching this shit. Yeah, it's hard, man. I'm sorry, I, Chuck. I can't watch it. Yeah, I, I I just I feel bad because like you failed at baseball. You failed. well, you didn't fail at baseball. Okay, how old is he? I what, don't know. What, 30, 38? He ain't that. Gordon Beckham is not 38 years old. Let's find out. Yeah, he is not that old to be that bad. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, baseball is one of the hardest sports, man. Relax. Gordon Beckham. All right, let's see. He is 35 years old. There you go. Okay. There you go. How did he get so old so fast? He was- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, look, I feel like the White Sox are in a good position um, I, I don't think they have a lot of holes in the roster. We are worried about the middle infield with a second base spot. Mm-hmm. But I think your corners are cool. I think that your shortstop is cool. You got to worry about, you know, one more player in the outfield at least. I, I hope they don't they don't sit on their hands and say, okay, Adam Engel. Yeah. I mean, I love Adam Engel because he can run through the wall and catch anything out there. And the defense would be great. But Adam Engel's office just started turning around before he got hurt. 
And then this past year, he was hurt with the hamstring all year. You can't depend on this guy. I'm sorry. I love him, but you can't depend on him. So hopefully the White Sox ain't quote unquote cheap. Hey, hey you know what? One thing too. Soler's numbers and the White Sox steady are really good. Oh, yeah, I know. He killed us. He killed the Sox all the time. All the time. Especially in the summer. He hits moonshots. What did I tell you? If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> so, I mean, r- realistically, and I mean, I, I, I know that's your boy, <laughs> but I mean, yes, this should be the guy that they go after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, that'd be perf- perfect with Sox. I mean, it won't break the bank. He, he he's a power hitter. He you can knows, mix the match with the DH in yeah. the outfield. He knows Chicago. Yes, he does. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? Like he, if you look come at back home, come back home. All of go up and down the list. I think, and he's Cuban. Like, and yeah, yeah, bro. Everybody gonna love him right there. And we have uh, we have we have great Cuban uh, restaurants here. Yeah, <laughs> let's come eat. Let's go eat. So I mean, I I, I think. We look at that. I think that should be the number one target Definitely. for the White Sox. Okay. Um, I think that you should try to get, find a way to bring Rodon back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As, as a sign of respect, at least talk to him and, and make him an offer. He might yeah. he might get a bigger offer somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Oh, you to him. Make him a respectful offer. A couple of years, a couple million dollars. Make him a respectful offer. Because here's what, the thing. What's a respectful offer look like? I mean, I would say at least three years. Mm-hmm. 45-50? I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. 45-50? I was going to say three years, 45, with, in, with a ton of incentives. Yeah. Because he always gets hurt. Yeah. So I would be like, if you make it to the full year, you get this incentive. You get an all-star game. You get this incentive. Yeah. You get the Cy Young. We'll give you a huge incentive. Yeah. You incentivize these players to do well. Especially, like I said, a guy like that and... He has to understand what he's been through on the south side, what he's meant to the team, and mm-hmm. how they. Hey, we, you're our guy. We're keeping an eye. I can't hold on to you right now, but I want you. It's almost like a practice squad player. You know what I mean? In in football, I like you a lot, kid. I can't use you right now. I'm thinking of you as soon as I have a spot for you. I'm looking at you, but you're gonna have to prove yourself. And I think last year what he did is he proved himself enough to earn that kind of contract. And I think just out of pure respect, you have that conversation with him. You make an offer like that to his his uh, management and you see what you can do with that. Because I, I I think just just the way we think about the White Sox, yes, we know that the Cubs are more popular. But the White Sox are like that small town team that plays in a big city. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So... When you take care of your own, it goes a long way with your fans on oh, a yeah. team like that, like the Brewers. You know what I mean? Like you, the teams like that. It goes a long way to respecting your guys and and just recognizing what the fans like and and why they keep coming back because you take care of your own. It also shows the rest of the MOB that you take care of your players. Yep. So and if you, you, yeah. if you come here, they'll take care of you. You know what I mean? So I, I think realistically, that's the guy that we... we I think we agree mm-hmm. that that's who the, the White Sox should go after, right? That should be your... Rodon, Rodon Soler. Soler. I mean, if you can get Castellanos, great, but I, I think he's out of the price range of the White Sox. But I mean, like, if you have Soler, do you need him? No, no. That's no. what I'm saying. No. So those are guys. Um, I mean, if you get Nelson Cruz in that package, too, for DH. <laughs> Ooh, Charlie. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they should look at other starters, but I just don't think there's a lot out there right now. And I think no. I think you built on something good. Again, my my biggest qualm about the White Sox is going to be their fucking manager. 
I just don't. I don't understand it. And and if they don't, if they don't make a big push and at least make it to the second round of the playoffs this upcoming season, it's a failed season. He, he because of what you he have, he needs to go. Yeah, he does. I don't understand why they resigned him. I don't. I don't either. I don't understand it. You had a manager that literally did not. Put How many years they gave him? One. One more. One more, and they bring Ozzy back. Yeah, oh, the fucking Ozzy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you we, don't like Ozzy. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm weird about retreads. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that White Sox fans would love it, but I, I think that I think he's a different manager now than he was in 2005. I think he's learned so much from stepping and watching is, the games. This is my then, thing. Why doesn't he have a job in baseball? Right? Because he's blackballed. Because he talked too much. He's mouse. He's blackballed. You know what I mean? He's he's. There's a reason why he's not in in the in the bigs right now. He's, he's punished for the what he said with uh, when he was in Miami. How long ago was that? Uh, right. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. That's a long fucking time ago, man. You talking about what? 11, 12, 13 years ago? Yeah, he's a different dude now. He's a different dude, but the thing is, he he, he he's still talking too much. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He don't. He he'll never shut up. I I, I ain't mad at that. Nah, it's good content. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but MLB don't like that though. No, they don't. No. They don't. All right, before we get out of here, Mike, I got a question for you, and I don't know. I don't know how deep you can get into this. Oh boy! But this is one of them things that I love to ask people that are around players in the clubhouse. What is the craziest story that you can tell us? That you can tell us that you've either seen or experienced in an MLB clubhouse. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I saw one time was uh, uh, Chris Bryant. Uh-huh. When he got called up to the big league, he came to the clubhouse, right? And the first day that he got to the clubhouse, he was, you know, everybody was waiting for the time to get a massage in the room. Mm-hmm. And he walked in right on the room, was himself on the table. He said, I need a massage. He was there for like three hours. Oh. Inside the room. And player was like, what the hell's going on? This kid just got called up today. Mm-hmm. He's in the massage room for three hours. Uh-huh. So like everybody was like, no, this is not happening. Come on. This is not happening. This is not happening. He just got called up and he think he's the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they were kind of mad about that. So I was like, well, that's kind of weird because usually when you got called up for the big league, you're always trying to get cool with everybody out. Right. He walked into the recession room and stepped in there for three hours. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a... I've never had a three-hour massage. No. No, <laughs> I've never had a three-hour anything. <laughs> I don't know what the hell was doing there, but he was there for three hours. <laughs> that masseuse earned her money. Yeah, I'm pre- I mean, I'm. Pre- yeah, she did. Or he did. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, we we had a very interesting story with uh, with Carlos. some <laughs> some product talking about Greg Maddox. Now, I, I'm still I'm still waiting for the for the one that can top that. So I think that'll be uh, somewhere in the future if we if we talk to more uh, players, we might might get some weird weird stories out of that. But look, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Why don't you tell our fans where they can find you uh, on TV and on your social media? Sure, man. Thank you guys for having me. I have a great time, man. I told you guys I was going to come on here for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here for a long time. <laughs> right? But 
I enjoy, I enjoy, I love it. I love to talk about baseball all the time, and especially with you guys, good people that know about everything you guys talking about. And uh, yeah, people can see, uh, find myself on uh, Instagram, Mike Deportes, mm -hmm. and and Instagram and uh, Twitters, Mike Deportes as well. So everything you guys want to find out about sport, you just go there and check me out. That's right. Excellent. We'll put that into the uh, uh, into the uh, little write up when we do the. Uh Yeah, the, uh, the episode. So uh, you can find out there. You can click on it there. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. You've been an awesome, awesome player. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome guest. Awesome <laughs> guest. Sorry, like, wow. Yo, he was a awesome player. Uh, <laughs> awesome guest. Thank you for showing up and uh, giving us your time. We yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for your stories, bro. Thank you, guys. What a great interview. Glad to talk some baseball, and <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens with this lockout. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players still yet to be signed, so it'll be really interesting to see who goes where and uh, see if the Cubs and the White Sox can fill some holes. Hey, fill some holes. Let's take a break and pay some bills. We'll be right back with Stirring the Pot. We all know that 2020 was no joke, and with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand in hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. All right, brother. It's that time again. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. Oh, what do you got for us, E? All right, man. So this is one, and I, I really want to hear from the fans on this one. Um, this is one that I've seen a lot of people talk about in the past. Like I said, we got Christmas coming up. And um, I know you don't have kids, but one of the things that, that is really hot right now for the kids to go along with Santa Claus is the elf on the shelf. So let me ask you a question. What, what do you, first of all, tell me, what do you know about Elf on the Shelf? Um, I know that the uh, parents, what they do is they uh, maneuver this elf and put them in funny situations. And uh, it's done like every morning before the kid wakes up, whether it can be, you know, I don't know. I've seen them on the shelf. I've seen them on Christmas trees. I've seen them, you know, I've seen a bunch of chicken bones with a, with a little hat on it. So, and Santa said, thanks for the, uh, for the meal. So, and I've also seen uh, Snoop on the stoop. So I don't know. 
What do you say? <laughs> what do you want to do? So, so yeah. So, so since you don't know shit about a shelf on the elf, uh, elf on the shelf, <laughs> let me explain it to you. So, essentially, the the idea of elf on the shelf is that, um, much like organized religion, there's someone in your house that is watching over you to make sure that you're a good person, and then if you're not, then they report back to Santa Claus. So it's just basic scare tactics, um, which I am all for because these kids are assholes and they deserve it. But uh, but yeah, I mean like. That, that's the whole idea so let me let me ask you a question you know you just talked to a little bit earlier about your nieces quinceanera um so you have some experience with you know a child being younger and believing in santa claus and things like that mm -hmm. um what if you had a kid now i know you don't as far as you know don't have any children not but one of the thing <laughs> one one of the things that that people do talk about is the fact that they don't they don't do a whole Santa Claus thing they don't tell their kids uh, about Santa Claus um and there is a whole reason before behind it but if you had kids would you involve Santa Claus in your Christmas celebration of course I would of course I would I mean it's giving a, a child hope that there's something good out there why not it's a positive thing. You know, you want to know why not? Why not? Because why does this fat fuck get credit for my hard work <laughs> and my fucking buying the gifts and my fucking moving that elf all the fucking time to make sure that you're surprised and make sure, you know, you know, that, that's why I, I <laughs> this is this is going to be real controversial. So uh, hold your ears if you're sensitive. But to me, I think of Santa Claus as Jesus for kids. You know what I mean? It's basically like, uh, hey, somebody's watching you better not be a dick like <laughs> that's the whole thing and that's that's the whole thing with elf on the shelf and don't get me wrong we do it because you know we're normal people we're fucking americans god damn it but uh <laughs> but you know i mean like the whole concept is is kind of strange it's interesting but yeah i mean like I, my my oldest daughter is at that stage where she's kind of like yeah i know you're full of shit <laughs> and she figured it out but we're um we i told her i says it is your obligation it's your duty to help your your younger sister believe and understand what this is and i mean you know i i think it's just like anything else where we do it because of tradition but i, I i'm not against the whole like do you believe in santa thing but i do understand when other people are like no i'm not telling you shit about santa i'm not giving i'm not giving this guy credit hey you gifts from come from mom and dad because we worked hard all year and you were good otherwise you know if you weren't good you don't get shit that's how that works so I, I see it both ways. Um, like I said, I, I do it the tr traditional way, but I understand why people would say, nah, fuck that guy. Uh, you're a little hateful there. I mean, I would say that, you know, do you do it for a certain amount of years? Um, I would say, you know, up to like maybe five or six until they can realize different things at that point where they can, you know, formulate their own thoughts and they have friends and they have the conversations where they might find out that, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. That's fine. Five That's fine, six. dandy. But you know what? Five or six? Yeah, five or six. Five or six, dude. The five or six year old just barely learning how to wipe their ass. You think they're gonna stop believing in Santa Claus that early? Like kids believe the Santa in Santa Claus up until they're almost ten. Yeah. You don't have kids. I got kids. No, man. I yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I, I'm, 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 I'm not against it. That's why I'm not against it. If you want to do that with your kids, that's great. If the longer you can keep the hoax, keep it going. Some people a believe it. Yeah. yeah, it's a hoax, obviously, right? Because we know there's no Sandra. So, whoops. Oh, really? Whoops. Really? Is that Whoa, true? Spoiler that alert. True? Spoiler alert. Time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! 
Santa here? I know him. I know him. I mean, some people know him. <laughs> All right. So now that I now that I spoiled the fun and let everyone know that yes, I actually watched Elf. That was my movie of choice this week, aside from playing the uh Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and uh, a little bit of Xbox. Let me ask you, sir, mm-hmm. what you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? Oh man, I got a really good one for you. It is on Apple TV. It is Acapulco. So, so far, there's only one season. Um, it's got Eugenio Derbez. Uh, if you have ever seen anything funny on Univision or the last 10, 15 years of funny movies where you have the token Latin guy, he's the guy. Um, you have a bunch of uh, young actors, uh, Camila Perez, Enrique Arizon, Jessica Collins. Uh, well, she's a little older. Uh, Rafael Alejandro. So, pretty much what it takes place is Eugenio Derbez is a multi-billionaire. Um, and he's telling his grandson or no, his nephew, his nephew, uh, the stories of him growing up. So he was dirt poor. His mom had health issues and so forth. And uh, on his way to work, someone tells him, hey, there's an opening at the uh, uh, resort uh, and they're taking interviews. They're taking, so get your butt over there. So his dream has always been to work at that uh, uh, at that resort in Acapulco. So he goes and he gets the job and then. His, him and his best friend get the jobs and there's a bunch of random stuff that just goes on and it's just very nostalgic because there is a lot of it since it takes place in 1985 or 86 something like that there's a lot of nostalgic there's a lot of, of great uh, music from menudo and um a lot of um 80s covers any great covers are done in spanish by this duo that's just singing in the middle of the pool uh, it's just it's just a hilarious situation um how you see him growing up and then you see like obviously you know the end result that he's a multi-billionaire but you do see him go through the struggles how he helps his mom and the different uh, uh dynamics that he's put into so 10 episodes they're about 30 35 minutes each one um really good series man that uh, that sounds interesting i want to say i did see the uh preview for that so i i'm i have a good idea what you're talking about um but yeah, I mean that's that's something that'll go on my list. I'll watch two episodes and forget about it because mm-hmm. that's what I do. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, hey, uh, Billie Eilish was on SNL this week. She was uh, she was actually pretty funny. There was some pretty good bits there. Um, she was one of these. Uh, she had never been there as a host, but she was there as a musical guest, and she had a hard time kind of uh, not laughing at some of the jokes. Sometimes that was kind of cute. Um, uh, also, there is a show on Netflix called Saturday Morning All Star Hits. It is bizarre. If you have watched um, SNL at all, you know who Kyle Mooney is. He mm-hmm. is kind of a he has a very uh, <laughs> very interesting and quirky sense of humor, and this is his take on the uh, the Saturday morning uh, uh, shows of the '80s and '90s with the cartoons and stuff like that. So, if that's your kind of thing, think uh, like live action Adult Swim type of stuff. So that's his nice. thing. And then also the last thing that I watched on Netflix was, um, you know, they, they came out with season two of Tiger King. I have not watched that yet, but they also have a documentary about Doc Antle is one of the guys that was a uh, in the um, that was in Ti- or Tiger King. But it was basically 
um, where uh, Joe Exotic based his whole idea of the uh, uh, the zoo and everything off of. And this guy, holy shit, um, this guy is is just one of the biggest pieces of shit you ever heard of in your life when you actually watch the documentary um, and what he went through, uh, what he did to a lot of different people. I really don't want to spoil it because I don't want to kind of sway your opinion. But I mean, this guy was in insane i mean just what what he did with animals what he did with people the way he treated women this whole thing it was really bizarre and and i just kind of put it on uh, on a whim because i was like well what's on tv and i clicked on it so i did not go looking for this thing but it definitely <laughs> found me and uh yeah man if you want to see some more uh another whole layer to the whole joe exotic uh and tiger king story check that out on netflix i'm going to say it's like three episodes and it's uh it's definitely uh it's definitely out there well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna tap out. I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> it doesn't interest uh, it, me. It's, huh? It, I just didn't. I didn't see the first season of the whole Joe Exotic thing. And th- you Tiger didn't watch King. Tiger King? No, no. Oh uh, man, look, I, I'll tell you what. I, I was with you 100. percent A lot of people were talking about it, um, and I was like, "What the fuck?" When I watched it, it it blows your mind. How? Why, like you're like, "Oh, it's just a no." You think it's just some like random ass like redneck wildlife story? It is so, <laughs> so fucking bizarre. The whole thing with Carol, like it is just bizarre. Take look, take you got all this uh, time off coming up. Just take a day, sit on the sofa, you know, crack a beer and watch that shit. Just, just to, just so you know the context of what I'm talking about because this shit is fucking wild. Well, I guess I'll, I'll maybe I'll give it a try. I got a lot of stuff to watch. We we all do. But this is a look. I'm giving you a personal recommendation. You're like, oh, maybe I, I don't know. Oh, fuck you. Like, what the hell, man? Come on. No. Come on. What's up, man? I'll give it a shot. I mean, give it a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to spend the uh, the uh, Christmas break at the gym, man. I, I got to lose this COVID thirty. I put around my my belly. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Even though we are literally recording through Zoom, so because <laughs> we're both very lazy today, I can smell the bullshit from here. Because I promise you, my man is going to be there drinking the tequila and drinking the booze and hanging out. And 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 just like the rest of the world, you're going to start Ooh. working out after the new year. That's what you're going to tell yourself. Like That's what I'm telling myself. Challenge sounds like a challenge. I will be at the okay. gym. You'll be at my crib drinking tequila with me. Get the fuck out of here. I still can do that. I guess I'll just stick to tequila. I'll just I'm gonna cut out the beer, just drink straight oh, tequila, man. and uh, hit the gym. Yep. All right. So sounds like we got some big plans for next week, but that is it for today ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening a big thank you to our sponsors 606 media true chicago sports fans acsi and grit clothing company don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official tcsf podcast t-shirts search for keyword true chicago and use our promo code truefan15 to check out for 15 percent off of your entire order that is truefan15 get those orders in right now in time for christmas and don't forget to visit our new friends over at acsi.tech and check out their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry go to acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today and uh we have it in the works where we're going to have the owner of ACSI over on our next episode to talk about uh, the show and what he's been up to. So don't forget to check that out. And like I said, ACSI.tech for an exciting new career. 
Shout out to today's guest, Mike Rodriguez, a.k.a. Mike Deportes. And don't forget to follow my IG and Twitter. You can find him at Mike Deportes, M-I-K-E-D-E-P-O-R-T-E-S. Go check him out. Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast. Uh, new episodes available uh, on all major platforms. Coach Mo and Justice talk about all types of topics, relationship issues, sports, movies, all that good shit. Go and check them out. And don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio podcast, now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. And do not sleep, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying, is now available. Check out mikelogic.bandcamp.com to get your copy right now. The brand new music video for his new single, So Low, is now available to watch on YouTube. mikelogic.bandcamp.com. M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K. Mike Logic with the K. Go and check out brand new album and go get yourself a copy. You can also listen on all streaming platforms, but uh, you know you want that physical copy and uh, be like us. We like it. It's fun. It's good. Shout out to Ronesh Panic and our new beats from the Homie Series Beats uh, for all the music we play on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your moment merch and gear. And make sure to check out PRODBySeries.com. PRODBySeries.com to check out all the Series Beats music. Um, and uh, I think they have a sale right now for new beats, 30% off. So go and check them out and uh, get you some new beats for you rappy rappers out there. Check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. Reach out to us on the DMs. Tell us what you think of the show. You're stirring the pot ideas and, uh, you know, what, what you uh, what you want to hear on the show. And uh, you can also reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, we want to pay tribute to a few people. This has been a really hard-hitting week for people in the music industry. Uh, number one, with the passing of Chicago hip-hop pioneer Parker Lee Williams, a.k.a. DJ Peely Fresh, who died last Wednesday of a heart attack at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. He started out as a founder of the Chicago crew of graffiti artists known as the X-Men. He also admired old school beats and hip-hop artists working with Grandmaster Kaz, Grandmaster Melly Mel, and Chuck D, he will be sorely missed. He sure would. We'd also like to mention the passing of Anne Rice. She was the author of Interview with a Vampire. She passed at the age of 80. We also had Michael Naismith of the Monkees, also passed away at the age of 78. Carmen Salinas, beloved Mexican actress and politician, uh, she passed at 82. If you don't remember Carmen Salinas, she was in Man on Fire. Mm. Mm. And then last but not least, uh, Mariachi legend, legend Vicente Chente Fernandez uh, passed this past weekend at the age of 81 after um, being on a respirator for a long time after a fall in August. Fernandez was known as the Idolo of Mexico or the Mexican Idol, was born and raised in Guadalajara, Jalisco, where he began his career as a musician and a street performer. Scientist Mexico CBS records in 1966. He soon began his decades long career in both music and acting. In 1971, he released his first film, Tacos al Carbón, but also starred in films such as La Ley del Monte y Por tu Maldito Amor. 
His films were always laced with his natural, with his mariachi songs and covers of old rancheras by artists such as Jose Alfredo Jimenez and Javier Solis. Some of the most iconic songs include Por Tu Maldito Amor, Volver, Volver, Acá Entre Nos, Hermoso Cariño, Mujeres Divinas, and covers such as El Rey and Caminos de Guanajuato. He will be definitely missed. Yeah, it's always difficult to lose loved ones at this time of year. And uh, so many musicians and, uh, you know, it, it, we, we feel for their families and we're, we'll just uh, take a moment to enjoy their music, you know, during this holiday season. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 76. Until then, be good to each other. For love of sports. Yeah. A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.